0: Hey guys, I'm Jenny Taft. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show.
1: What's up guys, Moto X-Pod show episode 77, Dark Sides in the House with uh, Doc Smith, TJ and Mark have uh, both gone out into the oil field to make some money, so this is going to be a little different this week, Um, but anyway, let's get this thing started. So the Moto X-Pod show is brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. No one likes replacing fork seals, so ask your local motorcycle shop about Shock Socks. Or go to Burr motorsports.com. You can also find them on IG at, and Facebook. If you're looking for a new set of graphics, you need to get with Char at MX Girl Designs. MX Girl Designs specializes in vintage and modern MX graphics. She can do pretty much any custom idea you can think of and do it at a great price. Contact Charlene at Char, that's with a C, Char at MXGirl.com. Girl is with a U. And follow her on Instagram. Tell her the Moto X Pod show sent you. Also, man, when riding dirt bikes, protection is key. All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are the hel- helmet for your wrists. Top riders like Wes and Pike, Adam Ciancirullo, Joey Savacci, Austin Forkner, and Alex Ray, as well as Major League Baseball and NFL players and pro bull riders trust All Sport Dynamics. Visit motocrosswristbrace.com for info. And follow them at Wrist Brace Guy on Instagram or email me at darksidemx3 at aol.com. Also on board with us, Five Star Roofing of Texas. They do residential and commercial roofs, compo- composition of metal roofs, fences, custom patios, pergolas, metal buildings. Anything you can think of, Chad can probably come up with it. And, o- and they also offer a moto discount and they are currently a proud sponsor of John Short. Give them a call at 214 214- 402-8565 or Instagram at 5 Star Roofing of Texas. Also at Facebook, 5 Star Roofing of Texas. And the website 5starroofingoftexas.com The Moto X-Pod show is also brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are racers, riders, and just all around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is a nationwide uh, dealer with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. You know Amsoil supports Moto and is a leader in oil technology. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics, 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Follow him on Facebook, Dane, Dane Amsoil Guy. Sorry about that, guys. At Dane Amsoil Guy and on Instagram at Dane underscore Evans 393. And as always, telling the Moto X-Pod Show sent you, Doc. What's up, buddy? What's up? How are y'all? You talking to me or you talking to the fans? Because Fan they're not going to answer back, but I know they're not going to answer back. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. So yeah, guys. Uh, like I said, um, TJ and Mark, they had to, you know, they had to make some uh, family decisions and go out in the oil field, and make some money. Um, they'll be in studio when they can be. We're going to have some rotating guests. Doc sitting in today. We're going to call TJ right now, um, get him on before we get to our first guest. We'll talk a little bit about Vegas, maybe a little bit about uh, Doc's injury and how he's feeling. How you feel about that? You want to talk about your injury or just pretend it didn't happen?
2: <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it right now. Like, it was just a mistake on my part and just should have been listening to bike. Yeah,
1: so the rumor is you were just play riding when it happened, huh?
2: Yeah, I was playing on an arena cross track and my, my clutch slipped on the face of a jump and things happen
1: (laughs) things do happen man it could have happened when you were putting in serious practice you just never know but man your speed was coming along this year i know you're bummed you're missing the uh junior moto x this this weekend were you gonna do that
2: i I I was going to be yeah Yeah, we'd already we signed up like four days before and yeah just yeah things happen i guess
1: yeah it's a bummer but man everything happens for a reason you can kind of step back take a little breather it's, it's nice to be home for a minute. Yeah. I'll,
2: I'll be back before regionals, hopefully. So
1: Cool, cool. Let's get your dad on the phone real quick, and we'll talk to TJ. He's on his way out to Midland, Texas, to do some work so that he can pay for that new bike that he just got you. What's up, man? DJ TJ, what up, bro?
3: I'll just drive and just roll into West Texas in the Midland right now.
1: That's super fun.
3: It's not. It's like the worst because I get out here, and as soon as you get out here, it's like the haze of dust in the air.
1: (laughs) Right, right. I've made that trip a few times when I was hot shotting.
3: Dude, it's so bad out here, bro. I hate it. But guess what? There's a lot of money to be made out here.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man, because I'm probably – I'm thinking about taking your soundboard and your computer to my house and not giving it back.
3: Since well, the computer part you're going to fight my wife about. Yeah. Um, because she's um, kind of attached that thing since she does all of our business stuff on it. So, yeah, you would lose a limb before you got that computer uh, out of the house.
1: Well, I could probably get the – I mean, if I just had the soundboard, I could probably do the show for my house since you guys are, you know, not here.
3: I know. What the heck? Uh, well, it's because basically what's happened is that, that – Studio's not that big, and your head has gotten so big, it takes up so much space and air. It's just hard to breathe while you're in there.
1: All right, I'm about to hang up. <laughs> hey, so your, your your son's in studio, as as you know, and uh, we're talking about him getting hurt. You know, and um, you know we we hear we hear theories in the pro ranks all the time about you know, ah, oh, do you go play right or do you just do serious practice? And some guys have the mentality, no, I don't play ride right because I need to be doing my serious practice. But I mean. I think, you know, Doc could have got hurt no matter what he was doing. It just happens sometimes. But play riding is probably a good way to step back and just enjoy riding dirt bikes.
3: Well, dude, I mean, really and truly, really, and Doc and I have talked about this plenty of times, still an amateur. The whole point we do this is having fun. Yeah. If he told me right now, yeah, I don't want to chase this pro stuff anymore. I just want to ride for have fun. Well, first off, I, my pocketbook would be excited.
1: Hell, yeah. And second
3: off, I'd be fine. Whatever he wants to do. I just love I just. Just he's doing what he loves, and I mean, what do I say? He kids put
1: in the work. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're proud of him, and he, uh, he, he's getting. Quick. I don't like, you don't like him. him. You don't like him. No. Well, it's, you probably don't like him for the same reason you don't like me and you don't like Mark. We're just all cooler than you. It's true. That's,
3: well, I don't know about you and Mark, but definitely him. He's cooler than me. Oh, I so. do know
1: about me. My son. I was leaving the house a little while ago, my son was just like. Was, he was actually at my parents' house, and I went over there for a minute before I came here. And I walk in the door, and he goes, "Man, look at my dad. He's just so cool." <laughs> I don't know where it came—I don't know where it came from. But my mom said he had been bragging on me, like how how great of a dad I was. Which I guess I'm bragging on myself, but you just don't—I don't hear that out of him very often, you know. So it was kind of cool. I, that's
3: cool because I don't think Doc has ever—I've ever walked in somewhere and my son goes – either one of my boys go, "Man, my dad's cool." Well, uh, TJ, you
1: you know when you tell a little kid, hey, if if everybody is telling you the same thing, it's probably the truth. When everybody tells you that you're not cool, it probably means you're not cool.
3: Well, I I don't think that's the big difference between me and you. I don't think I'm cool, and I like not being cool.
1: (laughs) Well, that kind of makes it cool, though.
3: Yeah. Not really. But (laughs) so who do you have a show this week? I forgot to read the text.
1: Uh, We have David Pingree, Kyle Chisholm. Uh, Nick Mc- oh, yeah. Nick McCampbell, which he is uh, Vince Freeze's mechanic, and then Dane Evans yeah. with uh, Mad Jack Synthetics, one of our show sponsors. He's going to come on and talk a little bit about his business. Awesome.
4: Yep. yep. Awesome. Yeah, I'm
3: curious. If we see what, what is Chiz doing for the for the outdoors yet. You know, no, that that's, that's, that's one about? of the things
1: I want to ask him about. I know he's got some stuff lined up because he's get, he's going to be out in California, I think, after this week. Um, he yeah. kind of mentioned in his te- in his text that he was kind of getting things set up. So yeah, well, I awesome. did, I decided not to even ask him. We'll just do it live on the air and or not te- technically well, not live, but you know what I mean.
3: Well, because I unfortunately because of me trying to make an extra money to pay for that little turn that's in the office or in the studio with you, um, I've been missing a couple shows. I listened to last week's show and that lap king stuff, yeah, dude. That's legit.
1: The only problem I have with it is I don't want to get a, an Apple phone. I don't want an iPhone.
3: Well, I have an old iPhone 4 that I was thinking about because I had it for work, and yeah. I don't, you know, obviously don't use it. I was trying to figure out maybe if I could just download it to that, and then that'll just be all that it's for, just so I can just show everybody how much faster I am than you.
1: Hmm. Hmm, Doc. You know, the, your dad and I have raced one time in the last, couple of years probably, which was at Swan the other night. Do you know who got the higher-placed position?
2: Yeah, I wasn't paying attention, That was honestly. me. Like, I don't know how he can yeah. – he keeps saying
1: he's faster than me, but he didn't beat me, <laughs> and I didn't crash.
2: And the thing is, my dad, like, you can't make excuses because – you're on a 125 because you chose to be on, right?
1: That. Yeah, look, like, your dad. Look, all, all due respect, TJ. You, you, you're, you've got some skills on a bike. As far as our ability level, you're you're pretty damn quick. You and I have had a lot of, like, yeah, you know, we I think we've always been pretty close to each other. Some days you're faster, some days I'm faster. And not that either one of us is really fast, but you know, I just
3: enjoy, I, I just enjoy riding and talking trash. Yeah, and that lap king thing. That dude, I can't wait till they bring it out for the Android. Absolutely. because, yeah, it's gonna be
1: awesome. Well, hey, we only got a few minutes before we got to get ping on. So, uh, what what are your opinions on Vegas? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying it was boring. I didn't really consider it boring, to be was, honest.
3: Well, I guess because of how exciting a lot of the racing has been this year, it was a, it, it was like on the verge of being exciting, but wasn't. It was kind of cool with all three of the championships coming down to. Yeah what they did and man i i don't dislike i like everybody out there racing you know what i mean so i would have been happy for anybody winning a championship but man i was kind of pulling for ac
1: oh yeah absolutely
3: yeah i just did not not because i dislike blessing because blessing is awesome too it's just like just the storyline the amount of stuff they would give us to talk about right right um, yeah i'm excited go ahead no, so I would say I'm excited. I'm honestly, everybody keeps talking about ready for outdoors. I'm kind of bummed Supercross is over. I
1: like Supercross, so. <laughs> I yeah, I like them both. Once it gets rolling, I'll be I'll be pretty stoked on it. I mean, I'm bummed that AC's out, but yeah, you know, because I really I was I think he was the guy I was he was my guy for the year.
3: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing what all these with all these uh, privateers, the kids that were amateurs that are now. Coming out into the pro ranked Enzo Lopes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Banks. I mean, God there. knows these kids. Um, I just, I just, like, interested to see how they do. Sure. Yeah. Me so, too.
1: I mean, that's always a cool thing, but
3: let me talk about that next week.
1: Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, no, it'd be the week after, wouldn't it? Yeah, they're not racing this weekend. So well, I guess. No, I'll we... well, talk about before, like a pre. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. What... I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I thought Vegas was pretty cool. Like, the the one thing that I kept that kept catching my attention was that jump when they go out of the stadium, it was just a big single jump and they were just launching yeah. off and, and whipping the bike sideways and landing sideways. And there's no way I could do that. Like I would asphalt,
2: basically. Did y'all did like, y'all? Like see, on super slick.
1: Yeah. Did y'all
2: see Tomac hit the braking button before it and jump over the Yeah, wall, he did it
1: twice time? on TV and apparently he was doing it a bunch during qualifying or something, but yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I guess he said in the press qualified. conference, he said in the press conference that it was too high risk and he stopped doing it. But yeah, that was gnarly. Wow.
2: It was sick.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, yeah. I think so they they were talking about it, you know, beforehand. Um, I don't remember if it was during Race Day Live or during the actual live show. They were talking about maybe somebody would do it and then sure enough he pulled it out.
3: Well, I mean, come on, if it's doable,
1: yeah. then I'm sure Eli can do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was cool, man. I mean, that's, I I thought it was a pretty good race for the most part. I mean, you know, there was I don't know. I guess I guess there wasn't a lot of battling, but it was still exciting.
3: Yeah. The only me. thing they need to do now is just bring out a 125 class from Supercross, and then <laughs> life will be good, and we
1: don't even need the outdoors. Hey, I'm I'm down for no, that. Oh, I'm joking. I'm down I'm for joking. that. I'd love to see it. <laughs> All right, TJ, we got to wrap this up, man. We're uh, we're gonna get ping on here pretty quick. He's at the fire department tonight, so he could get out uh, for. Four alarm emergency call at any time, so we're gonna to try to get him uh, on. Are you actually
3: are you actually getting Doc to talk during the show?
1: I'm yeah, talking some. Okay, he, he will.
2: Okay,
1: he talk. he he's a little shy. He's not a big talker, but he's got some questions I think prepared and in his mind, and we'll we'll get him talking.
2: We're gonna
3: break him in right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, man, guys, y'all have a great show. Can't wait to listen to it.
1: All right, TJ, All right. be careful. Bye. Right, bye. See you. TJ Smith, your dad. Pretty cool though, what he does for you, man. He works his butt off so you can ride. Oh, yeah. See, right. I'm a little more selfish than that. I would be pissed if I didn't get to ride. I'd have to tell my son, yeah. You better get a job.
2: <laughs> He's go get a job.
1: Yeah, this is ridiculous. 10 years
2: old. Go get a job.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you better get a job because I'm not giving up my riding for you. I mean, damn, I already feed you, you and give you a house to live under. All right, guys. So we're going to take a break. Um, we'll be back with David Pingree here in just a few minutes. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, next up, brought to you by all by All Sport Dynamics wrist braces. David Pingry, what's up, David?
5: Hey guys,
1: uh, just cruising.
5: Good to talk with you.
1: Yeah, you too, man. We haven't he- haven't really heard much out of you. Um, usually, I hear you on the Pulp Show every once in a while, and you hadn't been on this season, this Supercross season that I know of.
5: No, nah, it's been a little while, um... <laughs> Steven I had a little. Political spat, and he decided he doesn't want to
1: have me on anymore. So. Oh, yeah. You know, I heard a little <laughs> mention of that, but I didn't realize it was that serious. So
5: I didn't think it was that serious, but he's real upset about it. He's got his knickers all twisted up in his rear end. So
1: got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. Well, I, I kind of stay out of it. The, and the rest
5: of them. Yeah. I right, So you're stuck with Kiefer and Berluti and whoever else he
1: pulls in. Hey, well, I like all those guys, too. But, man, I sure miss it hearing you in there. You're, uh, you are definitely bring some humor and a pretty cool, interesting point of view. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on. And uh, I wanted to hear what your thoughts are on the 2018 Supercross season. I mean, there's been format changes. There has been uh, passes that were heard around the world. You know, I mean, what are your thoughts yeah. on, on the season overall?
5: Well, you know, it was great and it was a bummer all at the same time to me. Um I would have loved to have seen, you know, everybody stay healthy, which I think everybody would. That's the the one bummer about our sport is that injuries can grind guys down and, and really thin out the field. Uh and that isn't to discredit Jason Anderson at all. I just it would have been fun to see a, a field full of all the best guys going for it every weekend, you know. Um So the injuries are always a bummer, but I think it's great to see Anderson, you know, we get a new champion and uh, I think that this will, he was always kind of right on the cusp of winning and kind of being that next guy. And so I'm curious to see going forward after this,
0: because, you know, it is a
5: confidence booster. It does change you. It does change your mindset. And I'm anxious to see kind of what, What happens with Jason Anderson from here on out? You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. I think that's a big um, topic of discussion within the media right now because you have – you know, there hasn't been very many guys other than like Jeff Emig who have won a championship and then really not won again another championship. You know, most of those guys – like even Dungey, he won his first one and, you know, oh, well, you know, he kind of got lucky, whatever, and then he went on to show everybody. No, no, he had the talent. He had the confidence. So you don't really know which way Jason's going to go because you have the naysayers who are like, well, you know, he had it easy because Eli was hurt and Marvin was hurt, Kenny was hurt. But I don't know that he had it that easy. I mean, he was still – he still had to be consistent to do what he did. And he, you know, he, he was able to be one of the top three guys almost every weekend. Absolutely. And,
5: and uh, you know, if he hadn't had the mechanical – I mean, this is a guy that had a 40-point lead. I mean, so...
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Y-
5: you could take those other guys' DNFs out, and he's still right there in the mix, so... Right. Anyway, I think that's interesting, and, um, uh, yeah, it was great racing, you know, the the moose uh, scan scandal, and, <laughs> uh, you know, the 250 class is always interesting. I, I love seeing Aaron Plessinger up front and on the podium because he's just... I just love his personality. He's just such a, a breath of fresh air being kind of fun and funny yes. and being himself and diving into puddles and awareness, you know, <laughs> sparring yeah. helmet or whatever. It's like, I love that personality. Love seeing Ciancerillo up there. Me too. Um, you know, it's for those same reasons. So yeah. anyway, th- there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of great, great stuff this year and, um, You know, it kind of makes me look forward to the summer and to next year. You've got guys that are going to be bumped up, like Osborne, like uh, Savachi. Next year should be Adam Ciancerillo's turn, right? Like he's the next guy to step up and win.
1: I think so. Um,
5: So, yeah, it kind of sets up next year quite a bit. Uh, As far as the Triple Crown format, I don't know, man. I there was some races that were good and then some that were not some that were boring. I I felt like at certain rounds, depending on the track for when you have shorter races like that, it's Mm -hmm. like, and the, and the track isn't really rutted and beat up. Everybody can go fast.
1: Yeah. The a two track was very disappointing.
5: Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was just follow the leader and that's a bummer. You know, you, you hear arguments that no, the tracks need to be watered way down and the racing will be better. But then you have a race like that where the track was easy, everyone did the exact same thing, and that didn't work. Right, the, the racing was terrible. So there's a happy medium. There's there's, I sound like a broken record, but it's like widen up the turns, pull the corner marker in so that the turns are more opened up, more 180-degree turns, mm-hmm. bigger whoop sections that are right out of a corner. Don't let them land off a triple and grab fourth or fifth gear and go into these things at yeah. 40 miles an hour because you're going to get guys hurt. Make them come out of a turn and and have the technique and corner speed to get get enough speed to stay on top of them. That's technical. Yeah. And if they go down, they're not going that fast. They're not gonna. They're less likely to get hurt.
1: Yeah, and that um, that's actually you you kind of touch on another big topic this year, which I guess it's topic every year, but is injuries and how to maybe help you know back off some of those injuries because. A lot of people have different theories. You know, oh, well, don't put a rhythm section out of the first turn. Well, you gotta have something out of the first turn, and almost everything on yeah. supercross track is can be dangerous. So you take you go back into the eighties and nineties, and if you go back and look at some of those races, of course the bikes had less power. Um, it seemed like the jumps were a little more peaked, so you went a little bit higher and not so far, maybe you weren't carrying as much speed. You know, what is your opinion on that? Do you have an opinion on a way to make it a little bit safer?
5: Oh, Yeah, but you got to preface that by saying it's not a safe sport. You're never going to make right. it safe. Right. Right. Um, but to your point, I think that yes, looking back, speeds were lower. Some of that was the bikes, but if we can, oh, well, there it is. I got a call.
1: Oh, <laughs> did did you really?
5: Yeah, let's come back with that, man. I got. I, I want to finish that thought, but I got a call.
1: Okay. Yeah, man. We'll we'll uh try to get Chiz on. He's next, and yeah, just let us know.
5: I'll text you on back.
1: Okay. Ping. Bye. All right. All right, well that was well, uh, yeah, that, was, that was cool, huh? Yeah. So we'll yeah we'll have to get back to that. Um, all right, guys, so we're gonna I'm gonna take another short break real quick and kind of see if we can get Chiz lined up a little early. Um, we may move some, some things around and hopefully Ping will call back before the show's over. Otherwise, we'll, yeah. we'll have to figure something else out. But um, yeah, guys, so we'll be right back.
2: Hey, this is Ryan Dungey, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too.
1: If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you need an amazing deal on a residential or commercial roofing job, or if you just need a new fence, a custom patio, a pergola, or even a new metal building, 5 Star Roofing of Texas is who you need to call. Chad Mayo and his crew will knock it out of the park for you just as easily as JS7 blitzes a set of whoops. He even offers a moto discount and is a proud sponsor of our friend, John Short. Chad is a true moto head and does incredible work. So give 5 Star Roofing of Texas a call at 214-402-8565. Or check him out at www.5starroofingoftexas.com. Or on Instagram at 5 Star Roofing of Texas, And that's the word 5, F-I-V-E. So check him out, call Chad Mayo, and get a great deal. Tell them Moto X Pod sent you. Dark side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at Girl. Dot com and that's mxgirl g-u-r-l and tell her moto x-pod sent you, you got the one snowman
4: and down. hey guys muscle mark here i want to introduce you to my friends over at york welding and fab from new construction truck beds barbecue grills and anything else you can come up with york welding and fab has you covered With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you.
1: Alright guys, we are back. And next up is Kyle Chisholm. He's brought to you by Shock Socks, the original and number one fork seal pro- ten second removable fork seal protector. So Kyle, what's up, man? How's your how's your uh, weekend been? Uh it's good. Uh I
6: guess went uh it didn't end that well, but it went pretty well. Um my riding was good, I was happy with all that and um yeah, like I said, the result the end result wasn't exactly what I wanted on paper. But uh yeah, no, I was happy with my riding, uh happy with everything, the team was awesome, the bike was good, uh, everything went good. Uh just had a little mishap there at the finish line. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: is that is that the uh mishap that um your lovely wife was commenting on?
6: <laughs> yeah, I never even actually saw it, but she told me that she was. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
1: We we won't get into that yeah. too much, but that that's okay. You, yeah, you had you had another yeah, rider clean you out apparently.
6: Yeah, so uh, yeah, the whole race. I mean, I only got from where I started. I think Osborne passed me the very first lap, and then Placiger passed me on the second lap, and I pretty much stayed right behind those two guys the whole time. Uh, Brandon Hartran Ramp um, was in between, like right in front of me for a lot of the race. Uh, he was riding really good, but we were. Pretty much staying right with uh, Zach and Aaron, you know the whole the whole race. You know, just within a few seconds of them, and uh, I got my Brandon with maybe a couple laps to go. I'm um, just kind of following him and and uh, kind of capitalizing on a on mistake he made and got uh, into which w- which put me in the ninth. So I had Aaron in front of me in eighth and Zach it was seventh, and uh, yeah, it was um, going pretty good. I was happy. you know, in the top ten with the both both combined and didn't have the best start. Um like well, I said just with you guys that won the title pass me you know, other than that, you know, nobody else passed me the whole race. I made a couple passes and I got my Brandon, so I was nice. And uh yeah, um I got cleaned out in the last turn of our the checker flag about, you know, fifteen feet from the from the finish line. <laughs> and uh put me back to thirteenth.
1: Thirteenth, yeah. So but which,
6: which the biggest bummer to that was um Hill was four points ahead of me. Um, he was sixth, I was seventh in points and he was four points ahead of me going into the night. So, you know, I needed to beat him by, by five spots, because if we died, you know, he would beat me because he got a win yeah, earlier in the sure. season. So I needed to beat him by five spots and I think I was beating him by like seven. <laughs> um so we're at six, you know, in the championship, which, you know, seventh, six, don't think like, it's a huge difference, but you know, for me it's it's one spot better. Yeah. Um than where I finished. And really to me there's more principle of you know, I know he didn't have the best year and, uh, you know, whatever. But, you know, the guy that won the championship last year, how I looked at it yeah. was the guy that won the championship last year was four points ahead of me. And I had a chance to, to you know, beat him on the night and possibly, you know, pass him in points, you know, straight up. And I did my job. I had it, you know, had it going. And then 15 from the finish, you know, uh, Mitchell Harrison right behind me cleaned me out, took both of us out. Uh, we were ninth and 10th, and we ended up finishing, like, 13th and 17th. So, to me, it was just a really stupid move, you know, kind of a pointless move. You yeah. know, the first thing I went to my mind was just why. Like, what, what was the point? You know, he was behind me the whole race. Um, just, you know, why? Like, what was the point? He, I kind of cut the inside off, because I, I knew there was a chance he might try something. And he cut so far at the inside, he basically hit me head on, Jeez. you know, at the end of the turn. And just a pretty stupid move in my opinion and uh cost me six in points and cost both of us a you know top ten. Yeah. In the, you know, shootout. So um at the end of the day it really doesn't make a difference. It is what it is. Um uh, just kind of a bummer. Like I said, my my goal going into the night was to pass hill points and I did my job. I felt really good all day. I qualified fifth. Um I got fifth in my heat race, which is basically, you know, the main event. Which is again I know it's a shorter race, but I've been trying to get the top five all season and um I looked at that as kind of a top five, you know, but not on paper, but personally for me, it was it was like getting a top five. And uh and then in the main, top ten was the goal with both those combined and, and I had that and passing a hill was another goal and I kinda had checked all the boxes off of the night and like I said, kind of got flipped away there right before the finish line. But um, like I said, at the end of the day I was really happy with my riding, um, uh, with the bike, with everything and um that was unfortunate, but I was happy with, with everything else. So, yeah, you know,
1: it was, it was a good weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can understand the frustrations in, of being taken out like that. Like you said, it, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago we had the Eli Marvin incident, but, I mean, that was for her win, you know. For, it's, it's kind of a big yeah, difference. Yep. But, but, you know, you finished seventh right. overall in 250 West. Um, you know, I know every rider wants to win or at least get on the podium. That didn't happen, but – Considering that you were on the 5150 team, which is, you know, I guess it'd be considered a privateer effort, are you yep. pretty happy with with what and being in the top 10? I mean, are, are you disappointed or are, can you find the positives in it? Um, I mean,
6: the goal is to be top five, and I don't want to say it's unrealistic, obviously, but, you know, once you get to Anaheim and you see who all is racing West Coast and all that, and you know, there's a lot of really good guys, a mm-hmm. lot of. You know, proven good, like title-contending guys. You know, I would say there was, you know, seven or so um, guys that you know, going in you would think, oh, they got a chance. Like any one of those guys could win the championship. So to be top five means you got to beat a few of those guys. So you know, it was tough, but you know, that was still the goal all season. Um, we weren't far off from it. Uh, top ten was kind of like, you know, oh, that's we're satisfied. Like we should be there. It's good not great um but you know it's it's respect you know respectful whatever you know to, to be there um but i want to you know try to be closer to that top five so i i feel like this year um it was better than last year mm-hmm. you know than my last year on the 250 i got eighth last year got seventh this year i'm still looking at it like i got six you know and i know i didn't but you know realistically i feel like i rode well enough to be six which i did um like i said unfortunately that happened, you know, in the last corner. But, so I kind of look at it like I got eighth last year. I got seventh or sixth, whichever way you want to look at it. So, um, it was an improvement. And I believe the field was a little bit tougher this year than it was last year. So I did better in, I think, a tougher field. Um, but I think it was, it was good. My riding was better. I was closer to being a top five guy, closer to the front guys. Um, so I, I was pretty happy with the year. We were pretty much top 10. We're out 10 pretty much every weekend, um, aside from a, a couple weekends. You know, or like like this last weekend, getting taken out just some things like that.
7: Yeah. Um,
6: so yeah, I think it was it was definitely an improvement on last year. i was pretty happy with it. Um, I want more, obviously, um, but I think you know I, I'm feeling good. I feel like it's you know like I said, it's a, it a positive. It's better than last year. Um, if I get the opportunity again next year um, on the 250, I think the goal is going to be. Kind of the same, uh, just improve a little bit more, and that would put me in the top five. Yeah,
7: so, absolutely. Uh,
6: and possibly a podium, you know. Uh, I look at it like if you can be a top five guy, you could be a podium guy because they're all so close, you know, that once you get to that level, that if you can get fifth, you know, straight up, all it takes and you know, what happens every weekend is one or two guys, you know, having a bad night, a crash, taking each other out, whatever, and that's where your fifth turns into a third.
1: Exactly, um, yeah.
6: So realistically – it might be tough to get third straight up. Um, but I think I can be a top five guy and just keep improving. And like I said, I think if you can do that, you can be a podium guy, Absolutely. you know, on a given night. So Absolutely. Um yeah, so yeah, so, yeah, so I think so, that's a, a positive here.
2: So now that Supercross is over, what are your plans for outdoors?
6: Um, so for outdoors, the the fifty one fifty team is gonna go to the first two. Uh so hang down and Glen Helen. Um, so the plan right now is I'm going to be on a 450 for those first two uh, with the team. And then from there, um, nothing's set in stone yet, but we're trying to kind of come up with a plan. Uh, the team's supportive of me during, you know, the whole outdoor season, which is awesome. You know, they um meeting, they'll provide bikes, parts, uh, send my mechanics to the races. Um, I may have to come up with getting myself to the races as far as the expense stuff goes. They're trying to kind of see what they have budget-wise to help me there. Um, The biggest thing that we're trying to kind of figure out is just getting my bike and my stuff
8: to the races.
6: Um, They just don't have budget um, to do all the the outdoors, you know, with the the truck and and stuff like that. But they do have budget um, for bikes, parts, um, getting my mechanic there, you know, and and helping get my stuff there. So, um, yeah, so right now we're kind of – we have a couple options we're trying to kind of narrow down uh hopefully one of them will kinda turn out to be solid and uh get my you know, that way we know we can get my stuff on all the races. Um so yeah, we're kinda working that out right now. Hopefully know any day, you know, if uh which one's kind of a for sure thing. Yeah. Um so yeah, the only for sure thing is the first two, uh on the four fifty. And then um yeah, like I said, we're trying to figure out just get my stuff uh get basically getting another team or somebody that can hold the stuff uh to the rest of the races. So uh, hopefully it works out, and uh, we we'll get it all get it all figured out here soon.
2: Yeah, and coming into outdoors, going into 450 class, what are your what are your goals going in?
6: Um, yeah, I mean, I'll be back on the 450. Um, which for me, honestly, these last few years, um, I've really kind of learned to like. I I really enjoy riding both bikes. Um, I didn't know what I was going to like the 250 when I got back on it last year, but I really do like it. But I think Outdoors, um, I think the team does a great job with their bike. I mean, it's tough in the 250 class. I think their bike would be competitive. Um, as you can see in Supervisors, I think it's competitive with the factory guys. But the upkeep and the cost to keep you know a 250 motor, <laughs> a competitive 250 motor, going for the whole Outdoor season is a big expense, yeah. especially for a smaller private team um, like what the 50 or 50 team is. So for them it makes it a lot easier on them for me to ride a 450. It needs a lot less, you know, engine work and engine maintenance, you know, to be competitive. Um, and for me, like I said, you guys know, I've been on a 450 so much in my career, that it's not a big deal for me, you know, to, to jump up to onto the 450, and it makes it easier on the team to be able to support the to do, you know, the whole outdoor series. So, uh, yeah, I mean, with that said, my expectations going in is uh, just to be a tough-end guy, I think, you know, there is some guys hurt, but there's a lot, you know, there's guys coming back that will be back for outdoors. And, um, you know, if you look at it, there's probably at least 15 or more guys on factory bikes. So I think, you know, top 10, I think, is a good goal. Um, at the end of the day, I, I don't like putting a number out there too much, you know, at the beginning of the season. Um, I really just want to ride my best. If my best is the 8th, that's great. If my best is the 15th. Then that's what it is. You know, I can only do my best. I can't expect you know anything more than that. Um, so I want to just go the first couple races, do my best, see where see where we are, and then kind of improve from there. You know, you can improve the bike a little bit. I can improve myself a little bit. See what I need to work on. Um, but I think if I went to the first races and got top ten, I'd, I'd be I'd be pumped on that. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the series, I think the goal long term would be to, to end the series in the top ten. I think that's realistic and kind of what
1: I want um yeah and if we can start out in the top 10 right away <laughs> that'd be awesome that would be so you yeah. you kind of jumping back to supercross a little bit but it ties in with the nationals you you yeah. rode the 450 basically on your own dime your own bike for the uh, east coast rounds um did was it rock did rock river help you get the bike over there was christina denny didn't she help you get the bike to some races or was that somebody else yep yeah. Yeah,
6: Um, well, the team did help me a little bit. So they they helped me pay for some of my expenses uh, to get to the races. Um, I had to pay for a little bit of stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, but the team did help me quite a bit. So that was good. You know, I wasn't totally on my own. Um, They obviously helped me with the bike and parts and and helped with some expenses. I had to get there on my own, but they did help uh, financially a little bit uh, with getting me there. Um, But, yeah, going from, like, San Diego to Dallas, uh, the Rock River team, uh, hold my stuff from you know from California to Dallas, and then from Dallas to Tampa. Uh, Big James Stewart uh, actually had their rig out in California because Malcolm originally was going to be doing his own
7: yeah, little yeah.
6: program before the JGR thing came up. So he took my stuff from Dallas to Tampa, and then from Tampa on uh, through St. Louis. Um, I took my stuff for the races myself. So obviously my dad helped me a little bit um and stuff like that. Uh but yeah, from there through St. Louis I was kind of on my own. Um and then I was back on the two fifty obviously for Indy and and the rest of the West Coast series and stuff like that. So um yeah, so I did I did get to hop on the four fifty a little bit during the East Coast and get some of those races in and, and I was I was pretty happy with how that went for doing it, you know, pretty much on my own and not much support at the races and, and not much I think I rode the bike like four times before <laughs> Dallas. So, not much testing at all. Pretty stocked motorcycle. Um, You know, not not much went into it. Uh, And I ended up, I got 13th, I think, every weekend that I raced the 450. Yeah.
7: um,
6: Yeah. The goal was to get a top 10. I had, I I think we could have been top 10 a few weekends. I just had, like, in Atlanta, the Triple Crown. I crashed in the first main event and the third main event uh, on the first lap of both races. So... That kinda kind put a, a damper on my on my night. I, I still charged back, ended up thirteenth overall, but looking at the scores, I think if I hadn't crashed, I think that would have put us top ninth overall, um, on the night there. So variety was there, just made a couple of mistakes, you know, on my own. Um so yeah, I ended up like thirteenth, like every literally every weekend. Yeah, yeah. I the 450. So um it was just short of the goal, you know, being top ten. But honestly going in, I was kinda satisfied with being Top 15, but I thought we'd get a top 10. Um, but there's a lot of good guys in that class. And to be 13th was still, you know, battling right there with with guys that, you know, were getting top 10s, you know, every weekend and with some factory guys. So um, considering the preparation that we had on the 450 and being an all-new bike, um, I was pretty happy with that. So it was it a good, uh, good experience and nice for me to keep racing. Um, so Yeah, I was happy with that.
2: Yeah, so um, on the 450 days, were you having to uh... – like you're going home during the week and training. What, what, what was your training schedule? Because you kn- you knew you had to leave and get there as soon as like, get back to the races.
6: Yeah, you know it always makes it tough having to get yourself to the races and trying to train and do everything during the week. Um, for me, like I said, Rock River took everything to Dallas, so that was nice. I was able to fly to Dallas, and then, um, like I said, Big James took my stuff from Dallas back down to Florida. So I was able to fly home to Florida. Um, Tampa was the next race, which is only about 20 minutes from my house. So that was easy. Um, then it was Atlanta. So Atlanta was tough. I had to kind of get, you know, I, I got cut one, one day short on riding, you know, just get everything up to Atlanta and uh, get everything set up. From Atlanta, it was Daytona. So that was pretty easy. It's only about two and a half hours from my house. So that wasn't too bad uh, for me getting through. So the schedule was kind of working in my favor, being back East. <laughs> but after that, it was St. Louis. So St. Louis was tough, you know, it's like over a thousand miles each way. So I ended up renting a van, uh, just cause I wanted to have everything enclosed, you know, for shopping and stuff like that. i just didn't really want to put everything in the back of my pickup. So I rented a van, uh, threw everything in there, drove up there last, I think Wednesday, got up there Thursday night and, uh, yeah, got everything set up Friday, race Saturday, and drove straight through after the race Saturday, got home like Sunday night, uh, just drove nonstop all night, and, uh, and got home, so it's tough, you know, it takes value, uh, you know, the recovery is a little bit longer, have the drive, and you get days short of actually doing your training,
7: mm-hmm. you know, your normal
6: yeah. schedule during the week, so uh, it makes it tough, but for me, you know, it's worth it, I wanted the race, so, you know, kind of. I have to sacrifice a
1: little bit if I wanted the race. So yeah, just made it made it work. Yeah, St. Louis was the last <clears throat> the last round that I was able to make it to. And I, I talked to you a little bit that day. Um, this is one of my questions, I guess, and you may not want to comment on it too much, but I was pretty disappointed when um when you know like Cooper went down and Barsha went down at Dallas that they didn't try to get you a fill in ride. Now I know you had a deal on the two fifty um with fifty one fifty. But does that? Do you let that those thoughts go through your mind to a point where they affect you? Like, oh man, if I do better this weekend, maybe I can get that ride. Or do you try to not even worry about that?
6: Um, I mean, a little bit of both. Um, I mean, first of all, I don't know that I would have really been able to do it even if they asked me.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, just because I, I I am under, I I am and I was under contract with the fifty one fifty team, and obviously. The main sponsor and the owner is 5150 Energy Drink.
7: Um,
6: And Yamaha is obviously sponsored by Monster. So I don't know that it would have necessarily worked. But the flip side to that is, you know, 5150 isn't just a sponsor. It is the owner of the team. And we are a Yamaha-supported team. So I could have seen it going like, you know, if Yamaha really needed somebody and wanted somebody and they wanted me, I think the team would have been cool and let me do it for you know, four to four fifty east races as long as it didn't conflict with the two fifty west races. So I don't know how that would have played out. Anyways, um, I didn't need to worry about it because it didn't end up happening anyways. Right. But um, but the second part of your question, kind of, um, yeah, man, I, me personally, I would have loved the opportunity You know, to ride their bike and to get that opportunity. You know, I was going to be going to those races anyways. Um, I know Cooper at that point we're still racing but you know like you said Justin got hurt at Dallas you know the first thing I thought was you know I wonder if I'll get an opportunity Mm -hmm. you know the weekend after Dallas and um it was talked about um but they decided that they wanted to just go with one guy with Cooper um so for me it was just like you know personally and I love the Omaha guys they help me out I get along great with all of them I'm not like bitter at all I get it you know they didn't Meet another guy and, you know, didn't want to do it for the five or, you know, some races that I was going to do. So it is what it is. But deep down for me, I kind of wanted to be like, man, you know what? I'm going to show them, you know, I want to go out there and kill it and show them that, you know, man, we should have got Kyle on our bike. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think they could also look at that like, well, Kyle did great and he was still running Yamaha. You know, so it, it probably didn't really matter to them. So, you know, it is a little bit of a bummer. Just, for me, for the opportunity to, to be on a factory a factory bike and a factory team for those races. And honestly, the, like I said, the 5150 guys did help me out more than they had to um, with helping, you know, bike parts and some of my expenses to get to the races. But it would have made it a lot easier to just be able to show up <laughs> yeah, to the races sure. and, and ride a factory bike than, you know, driving myself to St. Louis and my dad mechanicking for me and, you know, just kind of winging it, you know, on a you know, choose from budget, you know, with with what I had to work with. So um, to have the factory guys at your disposal and in the corner, it would have been awesome, just an awesome opportunity. So I was bummed, to be honest, not to get the call to do that, but I I understand the other side of it, you know, too. So it is what it is. I still got to go racing, still, you know, did well. I was happy with everything, and, um, you know, it is what it is.
1: Well, I appreciate you being honest with that. That's that's kind of probably a touchy subject. You don't want to make anybody mad. Not that anybody would ever hear this yeah. show, probably. But <laughs> hey, so uh, my uh, my last yeah. question is, um, you know, you're you're expecting your second child. Um, congratulations, by the way. Um, yep, thank you. How does that does that affect um, your future in racing? You know, does it affect your training? As I don't know when Brittany's due, but it's got it's got to be coming up in the next few months, I would think. Um, probably right in the middle of outdoors. Does that... Do, do you let that affect what you're doing, or does Brittany pretty well... I mean, she's been around since you, you were an amateur. I mean, does she know that, hey, yeah. you've got to go do your job?
6: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, we've been together so long. You know, she kind of knows. She knows, you know, obviously she's... It's a lifestyle, I mean, you know, that we have to live, basically, you know, with with what I do. So she's familiar with the lifestyle, honestly, so that's not a big deal. Um, she is due... The beginning of October, oh, okay. so it is. It is nice that uh, you know we'll be done done with outdoors, and um, Monster Cup will be just around the corner. But you know it's not not too big of a deal. You know,
7: yeah, yeah. you know
6: it'll be a couple weeks you know later. Um, so, um, but with that said, I mean, I, I don't think really a lot's going to change. I know it'll be a little tougher having having two kids. You know, Haven will be you know about two and a half uh, whenever we get out the second one. So, it'll you know, it'll be tough, you know, but for me, it's just learning that balance, um, just like we got to do with our first, with our first, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brittany's busy working at home, uh, busy doing, you know, what I'm doing, and um, yeah, it's just finding that balance, and uh, for me, the balance of just riding and training and doing my job, and being gone on the weekends, and still making time, you know, to, to spend time with my daughter, with my wife, and just family time at home, um, but I think... This year has been really good. I've, I've been able to, you know, just get more and more of a balance, you know, as, as you go through the year and just kind of learn what I need to do, make sure I get done what I need to do, um, and be efficient at it, you know, as efficient as I can to maximize your know, time at home, uh, with the family. So, and, and it makes you appreciate your time at home with the family even more and appreciate my time, you know, working and being able to do what I, what I want to do, you know, for, for a living because I know. You know, I know, but you know, I'm not getting any younger, honestly, I'm 30, um, so I don't know how many more years I'll be able to do it. Um, I hope for quite a few more, as long as I'm enjoying it and doing well and, and have the opportunities to do it. So I want to, you know, it, it helps me, you know, maybe not take it for granted, um, you know, too much, and appreciate, you know, when I get to do it. Um, and then on the flip side, like I said, I appreciate kind at home with the family um, when I'm able to be home and spend the time with them. So, um it's tough, you know, Brittany doesn't get... To go to all the races like she used to, right? Um, it, it's tough. Uh, for instance, just this, these last couple races, uh, you know that Haven's over two. You know, you have to pay a plane ticket, you know, for her to go now uh, that she's over two. So, like, um, I flew from Florida to Salt Lake City, and then straight from Salt Lake City to California, and then you know we drove over to Vegas. Um, so Brittany and Haven ended up not going to Salt Lake City, um, but they flew. Uh, straight to California, and I kind of met him there um, after Salt Lake City, and then you know we all drove over to Vegas and flew on from Vegas, you know just to, um, you know save money on a flight sure. uh, going to Salt Lake City and then to California. They were able to just fly straight to California, so you know just some things like that. You got know, you, you know, maybe sacrifice a little bit, um, or still still able to be with each other and see each other. But you know they had to kind of skip that race. So you know just think about that. Just learn some balance and. And, uh, yeah, that's all, it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm enjoying racing and I'm enjoying my family and, and growing our family and, and thankful for that. So, um, yeah, no, I'm enjoying it all. So looking forward to the second one and, and looking forward to hopefully, you know, keep, keep improving, uh, on my racing side. too.
1: Absolutely, man. It seems like you're yeah. living the, the life and things are going good. Your family's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, man, yeah. Kyle, I really appreciate you giving us some time tonight, um, uh, I know everything's been hectic lately, the season wrapping up, but uh, I really appreciate yeah. you coming on and giving us a little bit of time. And um, yeah. hopefully, after the first couple of rounds, uh, something will work out and we'll be able to see it. Yeah. So we're going to make a couple nationals. I don't know which ones yet. Okay. But um, yeah. yeah, hopefully, we'll see you out there.
6: Yeah, well, keep me updated let me know which one you guys are going to be at. And uh, yeah, hopefully, we get a few good finishes in there and we can, we can chat again here, here soon,
1: hopefully. Right on. Thanks, Kyle, yeah. man. And you have a good right. night. And uh, you, tell Brittany I said hi. All right, I will. Thank you, guys. Have a okay. good night. All right, take care. Yep, bye. Kyle That's Chisholm. Pretty good. That's my guy. That's my rider. <laughs> so, all right. Hey, we're going to uh, wrap wrap this up. Well, wrap this segment up. Take a little break. Um, Ping's, Ping's back in the station. He's ready for us to call him. We've got a couple more um, guys lined up. So, hang tight, and Doc and I will be right back on the Moto X-Pod show. All right, guys, we are back. Uh, David Pingry is back in the firehouse, um, so we're gonna start. We're try to pick up where we left off. Uh, what kind of call did you have?
5: Yeah, sorry, just uh, chest pain. You know, the local citizens call. We got to run. So right, right. Sorry about that. No, no worries. <laughs>
1: like I like I told you, I, I'm a volunteer firefighter, which isn't anything near what you do, but I get it. You know, we get calls all day long. I, I, I work for a, a public works department where I live, and we have a volunteer fire department, so we help out during the day mainly because they're so short handed during the day. So, right, I get it, man. We we'll be out on a job, a regular job, and get a call for an accident or a fire or whatever. And, so, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's well, that's uh,
5: cool, man. I, I I appreciate the work you guys do. It's
1: uh,
5: it's a lot of risk, especially for volunteers, because you guys don't get
1: to train quite as much as someone right. who needs
5: to be full time and professional. So
1: yeah at our local um community college they have a fire program and we went we we did 70 hours of online training and then we did like a weekend there doing hands-on and of course we do every monday night we have meetings and we do whether it be extraction or ladders we do a little bit of training you know pumping whatever catching a hydrant but yeah you guys are um way way above what we do yeah it's
5: you know it's uh our department here is, and, and many the departments, most of them in Southern California, are all-risk emergency services organizations. So, I mean, it's like we got to be ready for anything mm-hmm. because uh, whether it's a medical call, we have medics on all our engines. We, we—I'm you know, at a hazmat specialty station, so I'm a hazmat specialist. If we get a call like that, we've got urban search and rescue teams, we've got swiftwater guys. I mean, helicopter rescue—you name it.
1: So, yeah, that's some hardcore stuff right there. <clears throat> So, yeah, right.
5: a lot well, of things that can go wrong and <laughs> and folks all have the same phone number to dial when
1: it does. Right, right. Well, let's get we were talking about track safety and uh I, I think we were I would asked you what your thoughts on what could be done and uh you were kind of talking about you know, I had asked about uh, yeah. obstacles and bike motor sizes and uh, let's pick up where you, where you were le- you were left off.
5: Yeah, so, you know, I was just, my thoughts on the tracks are we need more 180-degree turns. You know, every time they bend these 90s in or the 45, it's just everyone goes inside. You got to open the turns up so guys can make some passes. You know, I mentioned the whoops right out of turns. Make them bigger. Those are a technical, uh, you know, it, that's a skill to be able to get through whoops. <laughs> yeah. And if you put them right out of a turn where guys can't carry a bunch of speed in, they're relatively safe. Um, you mentioned not having triples and rhythm lanes right out of the first turn. I mean, that. Yeah, it's like you said. You got to put something
1: there. I mean, yeah, yeah. But no matter you what do, you put you know, there, it's have
5: gonna... no jumps on the first half of the track. Well, exactly.
1: And no front. matter what you put there, everybody's bunched up. It, it, it's just it's hairy. It just is.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, when the guys were getting landed on earlier in the year, uh, something that got brought up that I think is probably your best option. You know, for years when I was racing, I kept pushing them to take the hay bales off the third jump. And Mm -hmm. back then, it was hay bales; it wasn't tough blocks. And so, when you landed on them, they didn't move. You got thrown right over the bars. That's how I broke my femur in '96. Um, So, the move to tough blocks was great, but still, they—if you look now—there's no tough blocks on the top of the landing of a triple on the third jump. Because when guys do get a little sideways or, or come off at a little angle or someone fits close to them and they've got to kind of redirect in the air and drift off, now they can land and, and you see them land and run off the track. I've seen that. I thought it happened, I think, two or three times this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, guys, if there was hay bales there or tough blocks, they were for sure would have crashed. So I think that's a great move. But do it now between the second and third jump on, you know, on both sides. Just remove the hay bales so that they could – if something goes wrong and they have to double, they can exit the track, go around that third one, and then pop back in when it's safe. Because we saw Barsha and who's the other guy that got landed uh, on?
1: Was it Bogle? I think it was Bogle. I think, I think, Bogle got I think it was Bogle. Yeah, I think yeah.
5: Bogle got so landed on. Both times, if they would have had an option to go left and get out of the lane, they could have went around the third jump and, and pulled back in, you know, which still isn't super safe, pulling back in after a triple, but it's better than getting landed on.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, so. I mean, the, the worst case – well, almost the worst case was the Trey Kennard incident a few years ago. I mean, that thing was just so scary. Right. And, or even Colton Eck. Yeah, Colton Eck, yeah, at Dallas. That was last year, wasn't it? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, and I listen, mean,
5: like, like we said, so this is a sketchy sport, and sometimes there's just not a good answer. You know, with Trey, he caught a test block on his peg off the face, you know. So, like, he – he he landed right into the face of the third like there wasn't time to correct that or, or ride off the track out of the way. It just That's true. You know, stuff happens fast and occasionally it's just gonna go bad like that. It just is. But I think some of those things would help. You know, I we could go on and on about bike sizes and types and what might be better might not. I mean I, I believe a four fifty is way too much motorcycle for a supercross track. That's just my own opinion. But
1: um and I agree. I mean, I, I don't ride supercross, obviously. I do ride a 450, am, you know, vet amateur, but uh, yeah, the amount of horsepower those things have is just, I can never use all of it, and I doubt that the pros really are ever using all of it in a supercross setting. All it does is make them think, well, maybe I can jump that much farther and maybe make that obstacle, and it's just, it's too too sketchy. Yeah,
5: it is. It really is, but that you know there's not an easy fix to that you can't just say all right next year we're going to 350 right we're going to you know i don't know how you how you skin that cat but it's
1: what about some kind I, of old, I, like I, go ahead so
5: i would say i think that's why they're they're moving so slow on this electric bike thing is they just don't want to make another mistake
1: right you know? right so yeah and i think davy coombs said said as much and when he said that it made sense like originally I was like well this is bull crap I mean this thing obviously is capable of being competitive it's you know it's the the OEMs are against it you know they're just trying to keep them out like that, that's my thought process but then when Davey made the statement about hey we don't want to make the four stroke two stroke mistake again that that's pretty smart actually yeah i mean well you know
5: they they modeled that bike after a 250f yes. that's what
1: they were trying to compete with
5: but as battery technology continues to advance and it's, it's taking leaps and bounds right now, you know, it is really moving along there. When you can store more power and output more power without overheating and, and while still making it last long enough and, and recharging quickly, it, it, it will blow your mind how much horsepower and torque you could get out of an electric motor. It will blow your mind. So, you know, the alpha guys will say, "Well, we can program it so that it it, it caps out at a certain horsepower, and that's it. No one would be able to get by it or change it." Well, okay. Well, what what number do you pick?
1: Right. You know? Right.
5: How do you how do you do that? I mean, there's just a lot of hair on that thing, so it bums me out they didn't just say, "Okay, oh, you can compete in open classes this year, age group classes, you know, stuff like that," where it's kind of like ride whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know why they didn't do that give them like a, a provisional permit or whatever to say, okay, for two years or whatever, we'll let you race age group classes and whatever, open classes. Um, that would have let them get their feet wet and start racing. Um, but they, they chose not to do that. So whatever, it's above my pay grade.
1: Well, you know, we're talking about the Alta just a little bit. And I, I was kind of reading through, um, you answered some questions that people had submitted recently. I think that was, uh, article in Racer X or something you did this recently. Cause you've been you've been doing a lot of testing you you with the Alta over the last few years, correct? Yeah. Um so I have, you know, I've i talked to uh Kiefer about this a little bit, but one question and we've actually had Mark um Fenikstein, is it stein Fennextein the uh he's like the CEO. Yeah, I don't know
4: how you said it
5: last Okay, yeah, well, we've had
1: Mark about. on a couple times but one of the things that I understand with the new, the new bike, um, like the battery, when it starts running down, I, I guess, I think the older bike, it kind of tapered off, but this one does not taper off. It just went as dead. It's dead. Is that correct? Yeah.
5: That was one of the, the bummers about the old bike. You would, it would, it would get hot if you were riding it hard and draining the battery quickly. Mm-hmm. And so it would, it would either, either hit a, a temperature, a certain temperature, and then it would self correct, like self limit itself so that the power had dropped way down and there would be a little light flashing on there, you know, saying uh, power limited due to battery temp or something like that. And I mean, you couldn't even hardly, you couldn't jump it. I mean, it was terrible. It cut it almost in half. Oh
7: wow.
5: Um, Or if you didn't get it hot, but you were just riding it too long, when it started to get low, the power would drop off. And I mean, that's, that's no good. I mean, you can't, that was no good. So the battery improved, they improved the wiring from the battery to the, you know sensor whatever and and yeah the new one from the time you twist the throttle until it dies the power is very consistent doesn't really change is there like the mxr model
1: right right is there like a a battery indicator though that tells you hey it's about to go dead though so that you know yeah yeah. yeah. it's like
5: bars yeah that that keep going down like a battery uh phone battery and then when you get to that last bar it starts blinking gotcha okay you know you're, you're getting you know you're getting close
2: so on a different subject, you went from racing to testing bikes and doing all that. How did you get involved with Racer X?
5: Oh man, I've been I've been working for them in one way, shape, or form since 1998. So a long, long time. I was off that summer with a torn ACL, and that was the summer they started their website, and they were looking for content. and Davey said, uh, "Hey, you know, we need we need some guys to like write some stuff. Would you mind? Would you want to do a column for us?" And like I said, I was home on the couch eating Vicodin and icing my <laughs> knee. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, that turned into Ask Ping, and it's uh, it's just sort of gone on from there. And then when I quit racing, I had talked to Davey about it pretty extensively. Um, during my career, I just said um, that, uh, that I, I was interested in maybe doing something in the moto journalism world when I was done, and he said um, – he says, "Yeah, you know, absolutely, we'd love to have you." Um, and he he gave me some good advice. He says, "Listen, don't don't quit doing what you're doing until the time is right." He says, "This isn't going to go away. You're only going to get one chance to race professionally." So he told me that after a uh, a pretty rough season in 2000 where <laughs> I I lost that championship and right. I was just really down. You know. Anyway, went on to have some good races and wins after that. So I'm glad he. He gave me good advice there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. So I worked for them full time when I quit. Then I got into supermoto and managing the TLD team. So I yeah. kind of went to just a retainer position where I do just just columns and a few stories, and that kind of morphed into the bike testing thing. And that's kind of where we're at now.
2: Yeah, and now y'all are doing like that home bike builds and everything like that. Do you do those bike builds? Bike builds, or do you have someone else to bike build them for y'all, and then you just test them?
1: You still there? Oh, Oop, we lost ping. So the guys, hang tight. I'm gonna call him back. That was a good question. Yeah. I don't know what happened with the phone. I don't know if it was me or him. I or
2: thought, I thought he just didn't like my question. Yeah, he just, yeah, he just hung me. up
1: on you. That was a stupid question, Doc.
2: Literally. Sorry, I, I uh, dropped
1: you. Oh, no worries, no worries. Um, did you hear Doc's question?
5: I did. Yeah. Let me know when you guys are ready. To yeah, keep going. yeah. Go. Yeah,
1: we're, we're still, going. We're we're still going. going. We didn't. I didn't hit stop. Okay.
5: Yeah, so um, basically, like I said, it kind of just morphed into that, and I have a few guys helping me. Jay Clark uh, is a big help, and he does bike builds for different magazines, but um, he's really jumped on board with us heavily and helps with a lot of those. And then each of us, I'll usually assign a bike to each of our West Coast guys. Pete Martini is our ad guy, David Langren, our designer, Simon Cuddy, and they all kind of, you know, take ownership of their own bike and... Langers will design his own graphics, and they all kind of go after companies that they like or they want to see on it. So we mix it up, and some of the guys on the East Coast now are starting to – in our office back there. They're going to do a couple now. So it's a collective effort, but I just kind of oversee it. Yeah. Okay. I guess is the best way to see it. it. You just go ride the bike. (laughs) Yeah, and then I'm the one that gets to test them, so I, I, I get the good part of the job.
1: So when when you pick a bike, like whether it be the uh, a CRF four fifty or, or a Husky four fifty, how do you decide what parts are going to go on that bike to you know to do a build? I mean, how do you decide what bars or or you know just what which piston kit or whatever? What who makes that decision? Is is it? Yeah, tell us about that.
5: Well, so if it's if it's a, jo- a bike that Jay Clark's involved with, he's got a handful of companies that he's aligned himself with: Vertex okay. Pistons and Super Sprock. And- Renthal and, you know, um, those are, so so if it's one, something he's involved with, it's going to be those companies. Uh, and Occasionally we can, if I want to do a different graphics company or different plastic or different just that, we can't, but sort of the key people behind it already set. And then, you know, we try to just mix it up among our advertisers between FMF and Yosh and Pro Circuit and, you know, Factory Connection and whoever. Um, We just try to mix it up a little bit. And it's, it's tough because there are certain companies that are easier to work with,
7: mm-hmm.
5: whether they're, they're local companies or they're just really good about responding to us and working quickly, getting stuff done quickly. You know, there's some that just aren't that easy. Um, oh, I got a long-running joke with Randy over at Michelin because he's like, man, I want to see more of my tires on your builds. And I said, well, all you got to do is come out here and mount them up for me. And I'm yeah. glad to put the sticker on and run them. I said, I love the stock crossbar. <laughs> Heck, yeah. But I don't like changing tires, and Jay Clark is the Dunlop media rep and <laughs> so he's already helping us with the build right to the tires on
1: yeah didn't yeah. didn't randy bring you some pizza and do do uh he mount- did t- yes he, he did, did. <laughs> well he heard
5: he heard that story and yeah. anyway it was, he came out showed up with two pizzas and a bunch of tires and mounted them all up on my bikes and-
1: yeah uh, i'm fun. running i'm running star cross fives on my 06 honda and my 15 honda so yeah i'm, I'm down which
5: yeah they're good those star 5, star cross fives are great those things are legit tires
1: I agree. You know, again, I'm not very talented, so I probably wouldn't necessarily notice the difference, but I, I like them. And, uh, you know, well, Doc's got a question for you. Go ahead, Doc.
2: Um, So you've done a, a good amount of those uh, test bikes and everything like that. Is there, like, a, a certain one that you've liked out of all of them, like, that you've wanted to keep and have as your own? Yeah,
5: I mean, you know, it's different. So, like, in the 250F category, I really like the Honda. Um the motor's a little soft compared to a couple of the other bikes, but we just had a bike build by uh, Twisted Development, and holy cow, it's... You put some power back in that bike. It's just the chassis and everything about it works so well. It turns so well. It's comfortable. So you throw some horsepower in it, and it's it's awesome. That's my favorite TVDF. The 450s, um, I have a Honda, and I really like that, but I, I would have to say my favorite bike at the moment is that uh, Rockstar Edition Husky. It's just... It's just next level. Yeah, with, with the traction control, I mean, it it I it boggles my mind how good they've gotten. You know, I, I can't believe that's a production
1: motorcycle. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, our, KTM and Husky really are stepping up the uh, the production value on bikes. I mean, they're 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 taking the yeah. lead in the industry. Yeah, they sure
5: are. And kind of my last bike, if I can throw one more in, is the KTM 150. If you haven't ridden one of those, you you haven't even really started living yet. It'll change
2: your life. Those <laughs> yeah, things are I've, so I've part. ridden my buddies a couple times out of where I train, and uh, they're, they're fun.
1: Yeah, Doc here, he trains out at Underground here in Texas with uh, Kyle Regal. Oh, okay. Which he's injured right cool. now. He broke his wrist recently, so uh, he he's he's healing up.
4: All right, yeah. But, uh,
1: yeah, I guess my last thing is I was going to say my favorite – Test that I've seen you do recently, or in you know, that I've read recently or watched was the uh, the test on the 06. Can you, I think, it, can you make a 06 CRF 450 competitive? Because until a few months yeah. ago, I've been riding the 06 since I bought it in 06, and I love that bike. And for some reason, yeah. I'm 42 years old, and um, last summer, my dad called me over to the house, my nephew actually called me, my little nephew, and hey, Uncle Jamie, we got something for you, come check it out. And my dad bought me. A brand new fifteen C R F four fifty for no reason. Oh so, man. So I've been riding that bike, but I love the O six still.
5: Well, I tell you, and, and Honda guys, they probably didn't like it, but I was blown away by how how good that bike still is. You are I blind. mean it there's almost parts of it I liked better, the way the, the the cockpit felt kind of smaller. New bike's feel a little bit flatter, taller and longer to me. Yeah, yeah, I and hear you. Uh, you don't you don't really notice it because it's it's small incremental changes over the years. But when you go back and jump on that thing, um, it feels like a bike from the '90s. You know, yes. they all had a certain feel, yes. and that thing still feels like that. Um, the horsepower was great. Uh, I was expecting the carb to be really sluggish, and it actually wasn't. It worked pretty well, so.
1: Yeah, you know,
5: I, I I'm sure Honda doesn't want to hear that.
1: <laughs> no, you're right. That, that, they
5: haven't, that they haven't made much progress in <laughs> over a, a decade. But, well, like uh, I said, I've been
1: riding that bike for well since '06, so I guess you know, 12 years now, basically. And I've had buddies over the last couple of years who are like, you know, ride my new KTM 450, and and I get on them, and they just don't feel like that Honda. That Honda has that '06 yeah. has so much bottom end and I, I i was i love it i don't know i still i raced it well i didn't race i rode it in practice at swan a few weeks ago because it was real muddy and i didn't want to get my 15 muddy so i, I jumped on the o6 yeah. for practice and i was like oh i could just race this bike so yeah well hey ping uh um, yeah man we really appreciate you giving us some time tonight um you know it's pretty cool that you you got a call out while we we're on the air so that's that's pretty neat <laughs> and uh, yeah
5: hey any any time guys yeah um, man. i you guys put on a great show, and um, if you ever need a filler, I'm happy to jump in.
1: Well, thanks, man, and I know my buddy, I, I sent you an email a while back about my buddy Chad Mayo's got that uh, K- KX, I think, that he was wanting you to look at. I don't know if he ever got back with you on it, but...
5: Yeah, I, well, I, still, I said, hey, I'm totally interested. Let me know if you want to try to put something together. I never heard anything else. So... Yeah,
1: he's been real busy, man. He's working a lot, and he's about to get married, but um, I'm sure he'll get with you here soon because he definitely wants to get something done, but... Uh... Probably once his once he gets married, I think that's not this weekend, but next things will slow down for him a little bit. But yeah, man, I appreciate you answering, and that'd be really cool.
5: Yeah, of course. Tell him to tell him to reach out when he's got some time. We'll set it up.
1: All right, hey Ping, I appreciate your time, and uh, be be safe out there. Thank you.
5: Yeah, you got it. you got a voice. Thanks a lot. All right, talk to you later. Bye.
1: David Pingry, man, he's a he's a good dude. He's second time Funny, time like his his columns and Racer X are some of my favorite. Yeah. I don't know how much of it you've read.
2: I actually read a decent amount of them. I mean, I I don't I don't read too much on that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I have the bike I have, and, and sometimes I read those things, and I'm like, ooh, that should be fun. Right? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and he,
1: he's just he's a funny guy, and I I, I like his sense of humor. So yeah, he, he he's good to have on. And I'm I'm stalling right now because I'm trying. I'm just going to go straight into calling Dane Evans with okay. with yeah. uh, Mad Jacks. So you guys just hang tight. I'm making another call. And we'll get our uh, our Amazon distributor on. We'll see if he answers, since we're, we we kind of got a little discombobulated with Ping getting called out. It threw the whole the whole system and the show into disarray almost. Yeah, totally. Not really, but.
2: Oh, I totally did. It's all his fault. I'm not as good
1: at this part as your dad, so. <laughs> Let's see. Hello, Dane. What's up? Hey, man, we are recording right now, so um, we just got off the phone with David Pingry. So I'm going to do a little uh, introduction here, and then you can uh, tell us what you got going on. All right, so Dane Evans is the owner of Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. They are riders, racers, and just all-around fans of dirt bikes. Dane Evans is, a nation, is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. You know Amsoil supports Moto and is a leader in oil technology. So if you want to become, get some uh, Amsoil, contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551. Dane, what is up, buddy? How you doing, Jamie? We're doing good, man. I'm in, I'm, uh, I've got Doc Smith in studio. He is uh, DJ TJ's son. Uh, TJ and and Mark had to go to work out in the oil field. They have real jobs, so
8: it it sucks having a job, doesn't
1: it? Dude, you aren't lying. Thankfully, mine is a eight to four thirty job. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm able to be here. They they uh they had to change their schedules recently because TJ had to change the schedule because Doc costs so much to go racing, <laughs> and uh, Mark just wants to get out from some. I think he's got some bills and stuff that he wants to get caught up on so he can do some more racing.
2: Doc, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Good. Thanks.
1: So, Dane, let's, let's start this off by um, you telling us a little bit more about Mad Jack Synthetics, how you got involved with AMSOIL, and um, what you do on a day-to-day basis.
8: You know what? I got involved with AMSOIL through dirt bikes. Yeah, my son um, came to me way back in the beginnings here. I rode as a teenager, and then when I got interested in girls' motorcycles went by the wayside. Yeah,
1: Doc, doesn't, doc doesn't like girls, so we're still good. No, that's Oh, that's good. A Don't that's do it, lie. dude. I'm joking.
2: No. I wish I still
8: had my Hodaka Super Ret, because, <laughs> man, oh, man, that thing would be preciously sitting in my office Yeah. at work. <laughs> but, you know, I kind of got out of dirt bikes for a while, and then um, my son, Jack, asked if he could buy a dirt bike, if we could get him a dirt bike. And in my house, everything's tied to grades in school, so nice. we, we had a little deal. He had to carry a 3.5 or better on the last two-letter report cards, and, and uh, he did. He got a 3.87 when he was graduating middle school and going into high school, and I went and bought him a TTR 125. And the rest in our family is history, as they say, and you guys don't know the history, but we started racing. He graduated to um, a KTM 200. And we started racing out in the desert in Southern California, and he got better and better and faster and faster, and to the point where he was chasing number one plates in three different divisions: Enduro, Grand Prix, and Desert. Nice. So we were racing thirty-five to forty weekends a year. So Doc, I know how much you cost.
1: Yeah, it's a, it
2: gets expensive.
1: <laughs> well, tell, anyway, yeah, go ahead. Tell, but, tell us about how the AMS Oil thing got started with you Uh, it
2: got started
8: because you know we got he got sponsored by amsoil and the first time we used the two-stroke oil the dominator two-stroke oil which is their they're basically their oil formulated for racing engines um we were unbelievably shocked after the first full piston and what i mean by that is He was really fast. So we were changing pistons and rings every six months or so. That's the only way he could compete with the rest of the the crowd out there. He was just hard on the bike. And so, you know, we switched in the middle of a piston. That didn't kind of count, really. But the new piston that was all lamb's oil, the next time we pulled that head off, it was clean like it came out of the box. And I was like, holy Toledo, what's going on here? And, uh, you know, we, we took a compression test, obviously. We knew we had to change the piston, but I was really impressed. So I started researching it and running it in my, my YZ450 four-stroke. And, you know, we used those little infrared um, temperature gauge things. So we found that my bike was running about 17 degrees cooler on Amsoil than Yamalube. Wow. And, Yeah. And when you're racing in the desert for an hour to three hours and ambient temps can be 100, 105 degrees out, so you can imagine what the bike's like, and then the poor bike has to haul my big little fat butt around the <laughs> desert. So it's getting some, you know, stress. Well, one thing led to another, and I found out a lot of guys out in the desert were using Amsoil, but they really didn't have good places to get it, so I became a dealer. And I started selling to the guys out in the desert. And that did two things for me. One, obviously, we were running AMSOIL and everything we owned at that point. Two, by becoming a dealer and starting a business, I now had a write-off to go to and from every race. Instead of it being a hobby, it was a business. And so that kind of helped tax-wise with going racing 35 weekends a year. So... You know, I, I literally, I started with one case of oil, and I bought it, and I took it out to the desert, and I sold it, and then I bought another case. And after I sold that second case, I bought two cases. And now I'm one of the largest AMSOIL distributors in three counties around me, and I, I clarify at that point by saying stocking distributor. I stock about $10,000 worth of oil now in my shop.
1: Damn. That's awesome. Yeah
8: and funny thing is you know but the rest of the, the world out there listening doesn't know i i have a diesel business and that's what i do i sell parts for diesel pickup trucks amsoil led me to that business i was working for corporate america at the time and and uh, you know one thing led to another and my diesel business just kept growing and growing and growing and i outgrew my living room as my shipping department and had to move into a <laughs> shop <laughs> The wife said, I want my living room back. Right, right. You have right. to move into a shop. And, and now my son, who's 30 years old, he was 12 when we got that first TTR, he is the owner of his own shop out here. Oh, cool. And, and you know, he went to MMI literally straight out of high school. He graduated in June, and in July we dropped him off at, in Phoenix, and he was there two and a half years. And, you know, then he, he worked on the Wonder Warthog team, traveling around for a while, and got tired of the travel and started working in shops locally and now he owns his own business employs three or four kids and you know that's how he makes his living
1: That's cool yeah that's I like that you know you guys kind of kept it in the family and uh, you know that's that you grew something from almost nothing you know it's I'm I'm trying to do something similar to that with with the X brand you know and the goggles and what I'm doing out here and it'd be, it's kind of cool to think that maybe someday it could be something that actually sustains itself.
8: Yeah. And, and, and you know what, if, if the diesel business ever goes, cause I, I do Amsoil part time, you know, it's 15, 20% of my, my business. Yeah. So if, if the diesel business ever takes a dump on me, I could turn around and go full time, just start, you know, going out and, and dressing up and, building a business that i can do kind of in retirement i'm I'm 59 years old i just turned 59 and uh you know it, it's time to start looking at enjoying my grandchildren
1: right yeah for sure i don't have any of those yet so hopefully it'll stay that way for a while um <laughs> yeah so yeah, i want to tell you first of all from myself and mark and tj we really appreciate you coming on board as one of our sponsors um means a lot to us that you trusted us with the uh, with that, and um, you know, we're we're a growing show, and I, I I do appreciate it. And you know, I want to tell people that you you were at Vegas as you know the um you know as an Amazon rep working at the at the the uh, Geico Honda truck, you know and. You helped represent the show a little bit this past weekend. You talked to Chase Sexton for us, and you got me a couple oh, drops. Oh, you don't have to go
8: telling everybody that. We just keep that a secret.
1: No, man, I want to give you credit because we weren't able to be there, and you didn't have to do that for us. You didn't have to take your time to do that, but it, it means a lot to me and the other guys on the show that you would do that for us.
8: Yeah, no no worries, man. You know, I've, I've been working Supercross for a lot of years, and I know a fair amount of people and people I don't know. And, and also one thing that kind of helped me out with that is for a lot of years uh, leading up to about a year or two ago, I was going around the pits, you know, in the mornings before the pits opened to the public and talking to riders and, and requesting donations for Kirk Caselli Foundation fundraisers that we would hold during our motocross series in the summertime.
7: Yeah, that's And,
8: cool. you know, so I got to know a lot of people and I got a lot of help along the way. Max at at Fly Racing's helped me out enormously. Brock Glover at Dunlop, and you know, a a whole bunch of people have given me jerseys and and that's so. um, I'm kind of used to just walking around and saying hey. And this time it was it was awesome to help you guys out and help get you a couple of riders that you've been wanting to interview and and you know, thanks for letting me help you out, man.
1: Yeah, man. No worries. No worries. So what's, you know, what's next for Mad Jacks? And, you know, what what do you got do you have, um, like, business goals for two th- 2018 going into
8: 2019? Yeah, I, I'd like to, you know, grow the business a little more. Um, there are, I do a lot of corporate events for Amsoil, and I'm looking, hopefully, to do the Hot August Nights Car Show in August um car show in the united states and i worked there last year on a last minute request by the company by corporate amsoil um they had some people have medical issues and couldn't do it and you know they know i do a lot of stuff for them so they called me up and said hey can you come work this show and i was able to work it out the logistics and whatnot and go do it so i hope to do more shows and grow my business. I mean, that's the the kind of my goal is to grow my Amsoil business to where I can maybe turn over my diesel business to one of the kids and then just right. be a full-time Amsoil dealer, which would allow me a little more time to travel and a little more, you know, time with my wife and, and my grandkids and, you know, set my own hours, so yeah, to speak.
1: I like those goals. I, I definitely, I'm I'm on board with wanting to travel more and do more events and uh, yeah, that's that's definitely a goal that we as as a sh- as a show how we want to hit more. You know, we did three supercrosses this year, and one national last year, and we we got to up that. So we we got to make three or four nationals this year somehow.
2: Yeah. So um, yeah. you're part. Of, you know. Uh, go uh, ahead, Doug. You, you went and did the supercrosses last weekend, and uh, are you going to be active during the nationals, going and doing any of those for AMSOIL or anything like that?
8: Uh, I don't know because Amazon used to sponsor the National Series, and then you know they, they um, a contract was up and they didn't renew, and Lucas got in. So um, not too sure how much we could do in representing with Lucas there, but
7: yeah.
8: um, you know it's um, something that I continue to work and and you know by being a sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, I'm hoping to kind of keep my exposure going throughout the year with you guys, you know, and funny story too, I found your guys' pod show through Char. Oh, cool. Cha-Cha was a friend of mine. I've known her for years and, um, we used to get to see each other every year in October when we'd go to the Garrett Berg Memorial motocross at San Jacinto cycle park there, North of Houston. And, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just from her being a sponsor of your show, I kind of found it and started tuning in and, you know, you and me started talking and, and, uh, getting into our little group, uh, tech, so to speak with the fantasy league. And now here I am.
1: Well, that's great, man. We, we appreciate Shar. obviously she's, she's been a friend for a long time and, and, uh, I'm glad that, that, that that it's working, that the word's getting spread a little bit, you know, um. We're still very a very small show, but we're doing what we can, and uh, we sure enjoy doing it. So,
8: uh, you guys do a good job, man. I enjoy listening, and uh, you know, I've had two contacts, and I've actually one person I need to get a hold of them. I've been crazy this last week, and I, I took off Friday and went to Vegas for arena cross and supercross. I worked arena cross Saturday or Friday night at Orleans and then Supercross Saturday over at the stadium. and um, But I got to meet uh, one of your listeners, uh, Shane Huff.
7: Oh, yeah, right um, on,
8: yeah. He contacted me after my first year, or first year, my first week as a sponsor of the show. And, um, you know, we we talked, and he said, hey, are you going to be at Supercross? And I said, yeah. So he said, I'm going to come by and talk to you. And and he did. He came by and talked to us on Saturday, talked to me, and, and um, you know, I told him about, Ways that I could help save him money in his uh, efforts to be driving over the all over the country doing amateur racing the, the arena cross and I'm sure he's going to be doing some other stuff. Unfortunately, he had a little crash on yeah. uh, Sunday, but um, you know I was able to help him out and he he said, "Boy, we're going to save him a lot of money in just his maintenance cost of his transport vehicle and." the oils that he's going to be using for his bikes and chain lube and all that kind of stuff. So really good to talk to him. I met him through the MotoX pod show and literally after the first week of yeah. being a sponsor. And, and, uh, so that That's, was pretty cool.
1: That is cool. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I think Shane's actually going to sit in the show next week. Um, cause Mark and TJ will still be out. And since Shane is injured, he's, he's not going to be, he's gonna be off work a little bit. And yeah, he's going to sit in studio with us next week, I believe.
8: Man, I'd sit in with you guys if I was local too. I would, I would love to get the chance to just sit and watch. I'll,
1: yeah, well, we're. I'll, I'll,
8: I'll go down. You know, I'm a big fan of the podcast world, and sure, you know, like like you, a fan of uh, all the pulp stuff and everything that Steve puts out with JT and Weege and all that stuff. I listen to the Fantasy Show and all that stuff, and and now I'm a huge fan of uh, Moto X Pod Show.
1: Well, uh, we're we're glad to hear that because we need all the fans we can get. So, <laughs> yeah. We... <laughs> But we got a long way to go to catch up to Steve, but, I mean, there's a reason he's the best show in the round. I mean, he's been doing it a long time, and he's just good at it, period. He's he's the man. I, I give all props to him. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. He puts out a good
8: product. It's well-produced. But, listen, yeah. that all started somewhere. And if you've yeah. ever gone back into his archives and listened <laughs> to the beginning.
1: <laughs> yeah, I talked um, to him about that.
8: You know, and, and it's like it's like learning how to ride a motorcycle. We all started somewhere.
1: Right,
7: yeah.
8: We all fell down and hit our knees and, you know, got back up, and you guys are doing a great job. What are we, 86, episode 86 tonight, or what? 77. Oh, yeah, yeah ahead of myself.
1: Well, I think, yeah, you, you might have been on the main event moto uh, bandwagon there because they're, they're at 80-something.
8: Oh. Well, I don't know anything about that. I've never heard of the main event. Never heard bandwagon. Oh, well. But,
1: I, I'm pretty, uh, I've become pretty good buds with Daniel Blair, so I, I, I uh, again, he supports us quite a bit, he's a good dude, so.
8: He's a great dude, he does a good show, I had a long uh, talk with him at Anaheim 2, I think, we were down on the VIP stand on the track watching the racing, and he came up and, you know, literally in the middle of his work night, he he took 10 minutes out and we sat and talked and about the main event, motopod show and everything, so. Very good. Great guy. Really, really great
1: guy. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Well, hey, Dane, um, we really appreciate you coming on. And again, man, appreciate your sponsorship. It, it means a, it really does mean a lot to us. I don't, I can't say that enough. And I, I tell all our sponsors that. It, you know, we started out as just a very little local show, and to have companies like yourself, Mad Jack Synthetics, helping us out is we cannot thank you enough.
8: Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm happy to do it. Um, you guys are doing a great job and you know, all your listeners out there, if, if you would like to, you know, start using AMSOIL, if you'd like to try it out, if you'd like, and, and get on the show and do some of the giveaway or try to win some of the giveaways that they're giving away. Cause they have some oil there that they're giving away on the, on the show you guys are. But, um, don't hesitate to give me a call. I can do for you like I did for Shane, uh, and I'm talking to your listeners here. Yeah, We can get you to buy oil at wholesale pricing and really save you some money on your maintenance, not just for your bikes, for everything you own that takes oil, you know, even your lawnmower. We have oil specifically formulated for that. So thank your fans and your, your show for having me on. I, I really appreciate you taking me in and... Let me be a sponsor, man.
1: Yes, sir. So, yeah, if you guys uh, want to get on board with the Amsoil program, which you need to, contact Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551. You can follow them on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy and on Instagram at Dane underscore Evans 393. And, yeah, tell them that the Moto x show sent you. And also they have a website, madjackdiesel.shop.com amsoil.com man, go get you some Amsoil, get that bike cooled down, make it last a little longer because these things are expensive.
8: Yeah, thanks, man, appreciate it, Doc. Nice meeting you, nice Jamie.
1: Nice meeting you too. Have yes. a good rest
8: of the night, and we'll talk soon.
1: We'll have do, Dane. Thanks so much, buddy.
8: All
2: right, guys, bye bye. All right, bye bye.
1: So yeah, man, that's uh, I started running that Amsoil um, when he came on board, and it's man, it's good. It it it, it lubricates. <laughs> yeah. You know, you want your bike lubricated and kept and running definitely. cool because four strokes run hot. So,
7: oh, yeah, definitely. man,
1: that's that's pretty awesome. All right, guys. Hey, we're gonna take another break. Uh, we've got Nick McCampbell coming up next, he is Vince Freeze's mechanic, and then we are going to call Mark Poole, which is uh, you guys know as Muscle Mark, Uh-oh. he's out in West this Texas. Is, this, is, this is bad. Uh huh. This is bad. <laughs> no, it's gonna go good, man. So, hey, we'll be right back, and um, we'll uh, we'll continue this fine show. Guys, we are back for the final segment of the night. And up next, we have Nick McCampbell. He is Vince Freeze's mechanic with the MCR. And he is brought to you by Five Star Roofing of Texas. Uh, if you guys are in the East Texas, Dallas Fort Worth area, and you need to contact Chad Mayo at Five Star Roofing of Texas. They do composite roofs, metal roofs, anything you can want, fences, custom patios, pergolas, metal buildings. They are moto people, Chad's a racer, he'll give you a moto discount, and he is a, currently a proud sponsor of John Short. So check out 5 Star Roofing of Texas at 5 com. So what's up, Nick? How you doing tonight?
0: Pretty good, pretty good. Throwing some motors in the van, getting ready to go down to XPR in the morning, so... Right on. Not a... Uh... Just another day in the
1: office, I suppose. Yeah, so. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. Just uh, we've we've had uh David Pingree on tonight, and Kyle Chisholm, and uh Dane Evans with AMS Oil, and we're just we're having a good night talking to all all you Moto guys. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you got going on. You're Vince Freezes mechanic. Um, how'd you? You know, I know you went to the Scott Adkins School. Um, pro pro Supercross motor pro SX MX tech. Uh, we had Scott on last week. Tell us about that. How'd you get started in the business? How'd you get a job? You know the first job? how all just give us your history?
0: Um, I kinda got started. I uh I was going to regular people college. I went to the <laughs> University of Iowa for a while and uh, decided I wanted to try and give the whole Moto thing a shot. So I actually left and I was a butcher for a year and a half to uh make money to go to Scotty's School and then I paid my way through that and kinda at the end of the end of the deal if he if he thinks you're you got your stuff together, he'll try and line you up with a job with like an amateur kid or a privateer guy. Went and worked for Dakota Alex up in Vermont for the summer and went up to Canadian Nationals and stuff and he did well and uh at the end of that I uh kinda heard that Tony was looking for a guy, so I got his number and called him and got a hold of him and we kinda hit it off and went there for or went here for Monster Cup uh two years ago now and um Last year did the McAdoo Chisholm thing, the both coasts on the
1: two fifty. Right.
0: Uh so it's funny you had Chiz on tonight. That's kinda cool. Well uh, um you, you
1: I I think I know yeah. you listen to Pulp a little bit, so you know that Chiz is my guy. So yeah, that's Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big pulp guy. Listen to it every week, listen to all the archives. I I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, me too. So okay, so from there and then it just uh, obviously you went on in this year with Vince. Um How'd that go for you? How how is he to work with?
0: Um, Vince is Vince is awesome to work with. He uh he makes me better every day because he's real sensitive on the bike and he feels every little thing. And I learned a lot from him. And uh, we work well together as far as just personally and professionally. It's uh it's been awesome, man. He had his best year ever in the four hundred and fifty class. and finished off the year with two top tens. Like I was stoked to end the year and uh, get myself ready now to 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 head to Canada, but, uh, looking forward to working with Vince again next year. And, uh, I've really grown to like the guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been great. It's been
1: awesome. Well, yeah, like I said, we also had, we had Tony on last week and some of the things we talked about is how far that team has come. I mean, to, you know, like you said, Vince getting some top tens, um, you got Brayton winning Daytona. I mean, your team is a legitimate threat, you know, I mean, how, how does that make you feel being a part of that?
0: Dude, it's so cool. Um when I showed up here I was building white bikes and two weeks after I started Tony started making kinda of talks with Honda and I just kinda of showed up at the red, right time. Next thing I know when I was at club I get a phone call to put red fenders on the bikes. So <laughs> that's cool. I mean it, it's I mean, it kinda of snowballed and I mean how unbelievable was J B this year, like just the whole team's been awesome.
1: Working and with just, Berluti, uh, a legend. Dude,
0: right? Like, that's, <laughs> that was a game changer for me because especially I'm a pulp guy. And then on top yeah. of that, Berluti's one of the guys that kind of made me want to be a mechanic. And learning from him has been unreal. And then on top of it, I got to go riding with him. I went to the Western Raceway thing after Vegas. Went shredding with Berluti. That was sick. And it's just the the, the vibe of the team's awesome. Yeah. And everyone's kind of on the same page. And it's uh, it's cool. And you said, how does that feel? And it's like you don't really think about it just because you're – you're with the same crew of guys every day. It's kind of like family, and you just knock out what you need to knock out, you know what I mean? And then uh, you just be proud of kind of the product we all put out as a group.
1: Yeah, I I see, you know, like I keep telling people this every show, whatever. We've got to do three Supercrosses this year as a show. Our first one was Houston, which is when I met you and Berluti for the first time. And, you know, Tony came up and talked to us, and I feel that family feeling like I, I can I didn't I, I wasn't around it when uh you know Mike Alessi was on the team and and Tony may have been a little more stressed out because it's a family member and it changes things and now it it's it's there's definitely a different vibe I think and it was really cool how friendly everybody was press day at Houston Vince and Justin are talking and joking and and just it, it, you can feel it man I think I think great things are coming to that team
0: yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, I don't, there's no one or two things it is. It's just kind of a unit as a whole, and and uh, just, I mean, we're just a small little shop up here in the desert, and we all live at the shop. I mean, when, when Justin's riding in California, Baluti's staying in the same house as we all are, just a tight-knit crew, and it's just one of those things where it just, it, it works out on race day as far as uh, the vibe underneath the tent. On. Yeah, it's, uh, so um something I'm thankful to be a part of for sure.
2: Back on the uh mechanic side of things, you've worked worked with him for a little while. Um what is like the mo the thing you have to change the most on his bike and what is your favorite thing to do to the bike just like just to make it look cool or whatever? Um,
0: the thing I'm changing most on Vince's bike is you can't go two days on brake pads <laughs> on the rear. They they fall apart he basically uses his rear brake as his clutch like he doesn't touch the clutch he's just his rear brake is a rudder so i mean he's on that thing all day and by the end of the day the brakes are squeaking so brand new brake pads every day
1: that's a little cheaper than a clutch so that's good
0: yeah exactly he's he's not too bad on clutches unless we're doing a bunch of starts so i'm thankful for that uh yeah it's it's uh it's definitely his rear brake is just that thing gets hammered on um and then I got to do grip tape every day. He's real real sensitive about his okay. grip tape. But uh um my favorite thing to do is I would I don't know if it's one specific thing but I just like building a bike from frame up. Okay. Like that's yeah. definitely my favorite part of the job is just like watching yourself put the whole thing right. together and then putting all your little touches on it and just the little things you like. But yeah. um yeah just just a nicely built bike with just a clean frame just yeah. Just
7: okay. Look,
1: so. See, and I'm I'm yep. so the opposite. I hate working on my bikes, man. I was putting my 06 <laughs> back together this last weekend with the carburetor, and I got it all back together, and I'm cussing the whole time because it takes forever. It, it, I'm just not that great at it. And then I got it all together, fired it up, and the throttle kept hanging. I thought, man, what the hell oh. did I do? So I had to pull it all back apart, and I figured out that I had the, the throttle cables in a bit of a pinch, that the, they're pinched up against the tank but it's yep. still, I mean, I was just so frustrated. I was like, God dang it, I hate taking this thing apart. So,
0: yeah. Oh, dude, I feel you there. Like, I, my own bikes barely get touched. I ride a 93 <laughs> CR250. I framed the thing Ooh, once when insane. I got it, and I don't touch it.
1: That like, was my, that was the first bike I ever bought with my own money. 93 CR250, senior year in high school. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, I hammer that thing. I, I, I mean, that thing's a workhorse. I got a, I got that in a 94 from Tony that I nice. just shred on. Nice. Love those things. Love
1: those things. Yeah, so you were you so, were mentioning that Vince is uh you know, he's really uh he feels everything on the bike and so does that make him really particular about his throttle like his uh clutch levers and everything's got to be in the exact spot or is he I know a lot of guys are pretty picky.
0: Oh yeah, Vince is like uh his his steering stem has to be extremely loose.
1: Oh
7: wow.
0: Um yeah, he'll walk up and he'll slap the bars around before he goes and rides. I mean, it's <laughs> got to be so free. Like I don't know how he does it just have head shake everywhere. <laughs> so, I mean, it's impressive. But yeah. uh, that's he's super sensitive with that. Uh, yeah, the levers and stuff always got to stay in the same position, so I always got to have them marked and yeah. where they're at and everything. And then his, one of his biggest ones is his throttle. He can't have any sort of. I mean, he, it can't feel like there's plastic or metal touching any other surface in there has to feel like it's all just made of grease. So it's (laughs) got to be really smooth throttle. That's a, that's a really big one with him. And, uh, other than that, it's just, as long as you kind of keep everything the same, he doesn't like change once we go racing. So that makes my life easy. Once we're, uh, once we're in the season, but off season, he's wide open wanting to change everything at once. So it's, uh, it's a, it's kind of a yin and yang right there. Yeah. So, Yeah, January hits and the whole vibe changes.
1: (laughs) Right, right. So, you know, Vince, we've had him on the show, and, you know, he's had a little bit of a reputation sometimes for being um, overly aggressive at times where maybe people thought he shouldn't be. You know, I mean, he's racing. I I, I don't necessarily have – everybody makes mistakes sometimes and does moves that probably are questionable, but most of the time I don't see a problem with what Vince is doing. Do you get defensive when you hear people, you know, bad-mouthing them, whether it be on social media or do you just kind of, eh, that, that, that doesn't bother me. I know who Vince is, and I'm not letting that get to me.
0: Oh, no, it just gives you kind of a, a little bit of a grin because it's just funny because, I mean, anyone sits down and has a conversation with Vince, he's I mean, you'd, you'd be surprised that's the guy that everyone thinks that of, right? I mean, he's yeah. just a calm, cool, casual, just relaxed guy. Um, and as far as like his riding, I, I don't, I don't, uh, he hasn't done anything gnarly or anything like that since I've been working for him. It's all been, I think he's really kind of turned it around and trying to keep himself out of sticky situations like that. And he's done a great job. Right? Yeah.
1: He has had a lot, um, a lot quieter year this year. I have noticed that, you know, and yeah, yeah.
0: His, I, I mean, I think his speed came up a bump and that allows him to race forward like the rest right. of the guys instead of getting you know he's not they're not eating him alive so
1: yeah for some reason Um, at houston like this first time i met vince when i saw him on press day like i don't know i haven't really been nervous about meeting any of these riders but vince made me nervous him and jason anderson i was kind of like i don't know if i should talk to these guys because i wasn't sure what i was going to get out of man he was so nice so yeah it was it was cool i don't don't know why i had that feeling i guess because of the reputation maybe i thought he's going to be a butthole or something but no he was cool
0: oh he's He's so, so the furthest thing from yeah. intimidating off the track. He's just such a nice dude. So, yeah, no, I don't get defensive about any of it. I just laugh it off. Cause, yeah, that's my guy. He's awesome. So,
1: Well, Nick, so to, to kind of wrap this thing up here in a minute, you, you said you're going up to ma- to Canada. Um, you're going up there. Who are you registering for or what team? What's that situation? Is it, is it MCR? No,
0: no, no, no. Okay. I will be heading up there with uh, Michael Essie for the oh, okay. um, A-Stars Cali team.
1: nice nice okay so yeah and he he's got a pretty good chance of winning that this year right
0: yeah yeah i uh i I was mike's practice guy and uh ryan's rat's race guy up there last summer so i kind of did double duty and i worked with mike at club mx when i first came on the team here and uh, mike's awesome i love the guy so plump to go work with him again for the summer and uh yeah he's his head's on straight. He's training his butt off, and, uh, yeah, we're ready to go up and uh, do some work up there. Should be fun. Uh, Canada's always so relaxed. And, like, yeah, it sounds that way. It's just great. And yeah. Are there any plans so on
1: – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead.
0: No, you're good.
1: Uh, are there any plans on running any uh, U.S. Nationals?
0: Um, I don't I don't believe so. I think he's just uh, – he's got a kid on the way this summer, right. so I think his focus is just knock out the uh, ones he wants to knock out and you know, hit those eight, those eight Canadian nationals. I think his eyes are on the title and what yeah. he can do to try and get that one done.
1: So, well, I, I definitely, uh, I hope you, uh, win a championship this year so that when I see it supercross next year, we can, uh, talk about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd be the ideal way to uh, come back across the border. Right Yeah, right yeah. on.
1: Hey, Nick, man, I, I appreciate you really. Um, I, I know we were running a little behind our schedule got kind of flubbed up a little bit, but, um, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. It was really awesome meeting you, and uh, man, look forward to seeing you next year. Yeah, man,
0: uh, I appreciate everything. I appreciate the opportunity to come on, and uh, it's cool. It's cool. I love the whole podcast deal, and I listen to it. And uh,
1: yeah, just, well, I appreciate um, that, man. We we need all the listeners to get so. Yeah, tell all your friends and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, appreciate yeah, you, man. For the sport, right? Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Cool. Man, it was really cool meeting you, dude. You're. Uh, yeah, you're you're a cool dude, and I I enjoyed meeting you at Houston.
0: All right, right back at you, buddy. We'll see you next year.
1: Okay, Nick. Take care, buddy. Good luck. All
0: right. Thank you, guys. All right, man.
1: Nick McCampbell, MCR. Um, yeah, man, so next season, if you guys are at any races and you're walking around the pits and, you know, sometimes we don't, at least for me, I don't always know who the mechanics are, and uh, Nick was really cool, came up and introduced himself at Houston, and then I got to visit with him a lot at St. Louis. So when you go to these races, man, if you're you're up there and you see uh, Nick wrenching on Vince's bike, go say hi, man. He's a cool dude. So, yeah, don't say hi to Berluti. Say hi to Nick. Good dudes. Um, Let's call Mark real quick because we were supposed to call him a long time ago. And, uh, (laughs) you know, hey, when I'm running this board, we're never on time. That's just the way it is. I either mess something up or something happens every time, Doc. I know you don't listen to our show, so you wouldn't even know.
2: I have a on my phone
1: Everybody has podcasting on their phone, man oh, I so,
2: actually deleted it
1: That was dumb <laughs> I don't know why you would do such a thing
2: <laughs> I don't care about it
1: Don't care about That's all I listen to
4: Thank you for calling the Thunderdome
1: The Thunderdome Are you Thunderdome. mad,
4: Max? <laughs> I, I feel like I'm out here In uh, the Thunderdome where I'm at right now
1: Yeah, how how's it been the first couple days?
4: Oh, it's fine, man. I've been sitting in a classroom. I'm sitting oh. my computer right now doing stuff. Cool, so, cool. Yeah. Well, What's happening
1: with you? Uh, we just got off the phone with Nick McCampbell, and uh, let's see, we talked to Dane Evans tonight, Chiz, and we talked to Ping twice.
4: <laughs> Ping had to go uh, fight a fire or something?
1: Uh, he actually said it was a medical call, and they had to go out, so he wasn't gone too long, but, you know, it it just uh, it threw the schedule off a little bit, but it was it was all good. He came back, and... We we picked up where we left off. Yeah, right on. We talked to TJ right early in the show before we before we got everything going with the guests, and yeah, so we wanted to call you and since you weren't able to be here tonight, but Doc's done a pretty good job.
2: Very quiet, but it's a decent yeah. job.
1: Yeah.
4: Nah, you're good man. You know what's up. I guess TJ's still out here where I'm at.
1: Yeah, I think so. He got back out there like a couple hours ago. He was he was getting there about the time we were starting the show.
4: He's actually like a hundred. And 120 miles uh west of me or something but oh, yeah gotcha. i mean he's still out here in the middle of nowhere
1: yeah well man before we wrap this thing up tonight uh what do you think about vegas
4: i thought it was awesome i thought it was uh track was good it was fun to watch um thought come you know did what he does and yeah it was cool it was cool to see anderson win It's um I don't think we've had such a free spirited type champ in a long time. And that's a breath of fresh air, in my opinion, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> I think I like that he definitely doesn't conform. I wish he was, uh, a little more talkative, but you know, um, maybe that'd come once some of the pressure, the stress of the first championship wears off.
4: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I think, uh, Plessinger's a lot as far as being like free spirited, it's kind of the same way, yeah. you know? he, uh, it's cool to see him, uh, Dude, still watching the victory celebration on uh, all the videos that seems pretty cool, and it, I'm sure those guys are on top of the world. There's nothing, there's nothing better than that,
1: you know. No, definitely, I'm happy for him. You know, i i was pulling for AC a little bit, but I like AP also. Uh, you know, we've had AP yep. on the show, and yeah, I was—I was definitely happy for him, man. Either I'll zone. say
4: this. Yeah, it created some drama there. Like you're on the edge of your seat, thinking, man, something. All Fletcher's got to do is, is eat
1: shit or something. Well, he almost and, did. You
4: know. Yeah, I mean that that that'd be, that be the end though. Yeah. he'll walk away with this thing, but I thought he rode an awesome race. It was cool to see him win and so uh, you know, good good on him for that. It was good to see him win one this year. He probably should have won three or four more, but hey, it happened, you know.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it sounds like he somewhat admitted earlier in the season to uh some people that his knee was bothering him and he wasn't I think he kinda knew you know adam obviously adam cincerillo he knew he wasn't gonna probably be able to compete it sounds like i mean he didn't say that publicly but i think he uh sounds like he hinted to some team people that that might be the case and
4: i think he did a good job of hiding that man because he was still out there you know it's uh and you know he'll go get it fixed and be back on that bike next year and 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 probably you know set the world on fire. He's not. He's uh, gonna have a, got one or two people moving up, and yep. he's gonna gonna be able to do the thing. So that'll be cool.
1: Yeah, I think so. I I would definitely like to think that next year is his year. He needs one, and uh, it'd be good to get a championship before he moves up. Yeah, yeah, no,
4: for sure, for sure. But any any other uh, any other news out there? I know uh, the arena cross series wrapped up. Jacob Hayes took that. Finally got that that. That one checked that box checked off, I
1: guess. Yeah, yeah. That I think it finished anticlimactically with um, with uh, blows, blows crashing. Unfortunately, that kind of sucks. Took the wind out of that night a little bit, but but yeah, right. Poor blows. Yeah, yeah. That that, sucks. It was a bummer, you know. I mean, I, I was just kind of following it on social media since they haven't been televised yet. But yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer, I think, for for um, the series as a, as a whole. Anyway, it was a
4: bummer. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So we so, got outdoors uh, yeah. coming up
1: though in uh a week, what's a week and a half, two weeks basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: What do you Figure expect? Out how I'm gonna watch that. Uh what do I expect? Um two fifties I think uh I think uh Plessinger and uh, Osborne will be hard to beat. Uh yeah. Fortner probably if he gets healthy will be pretty good. Um is always pretty solid, you know. He'll, he wins races every year, so I'd probably expect the same. I'd probably want to go ahead and throw – I'd probably pick Zach o, though, man. It's hard to bet against him, you know.
1: Yeah, he's so, very – That's
4: my opinion. You know, him or Plessinger are my picks.
1: Yeah, he's he's very confident. He's very mature at this point. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Zach, like you say, is going to be hard to beat, for sure. I
2: think yeah, Forkner pick... will have a good – Good run though yeah
1: i just don't know if he's going to be ready for the first couple at 100 because he's still he, he started yeah. riding this week yeah he's not he's you not know to not
2: out swinging but he'll he'll for sure win a, a couple
1: yeah he,
2: he needs to skip out
4: of that uh he needs to get out of those first couple rounds with some you know he's fully capable even not being 100 percent at running top five and get out of there with some good points don't do anything dumb and then you know start lighting it up you know Halfway through, kind of like Canard did back in yep.
1: 2010,
4: Yep. And just um, start. I mean, it's doable. I'm with Doc on that. I, I like Fortner as a sleeper pick if he can get it going. You know, with his injury and all that. Right. Dude, that kid is that kid's coming on like big time, and he's riding. He's riding with a uh, confidence and an aggression level that's
3: just good to see in somebody
4: that young. You don't see them sometimes. You can tell they don't have it figured out yet. I think he's figuring it out. you know? Sure. But 450s, yeah, um,
1: what do you guys think? Well, uh, well I, I think it's probably going to be a Eli runaway, honestly.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I think Eli's pretty much – yeah. he's probably got it in the back. I, yeah. don't,
1: I don't expect much out of Jason, to be honest. I mean, he said as much. And then
2: – Yeah, he's over it,
1: right? Yeah, he's, Marvin, he's you just done. never know, is. man.
2: I mean, Marvin's so consistent, yeah. though. Like,
1: But also – If we could get the Barsha that started Supercross outdoors, he could be a player.
4: Yeah. You may get get him too, man, because he's probably, you know, breaking his – what, did he break his hand or his wrist?
1: Hand, yeah, I think so.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure that took the wind out of his sails a little bit and probably had to fight through that. But at that point, he's out of the points. There's no real – I mean, other than bonuses, there's no real reason to try to go for it 100%. But, yeah, I think you'll get him – I think you'll get a good Barsha too out there.
1: I'm excited about uh, it. I uh, I I paid up on my, uh, uh, NBC Gold package, so I'll have all the races ready to go. I'm I'm excited.
4: I, I think I'm going to do that. I need I need to uh, try that because I'm not going to have a way to really watch it most of the time. So I'm going to have to figure that out. My question to you guys is: is what is what do you guys expect out of Roxon?
1: Man, I, you know, I'm really torn on that because I'm, he did not impress me like what I expected Adam for Supercross he didn't do. Yeah, right. I think with
2: what he's coming back from, like with how how severe it really was, I'm thinking right. he'll, he'll be he'll be good to do top five, but I think he'll mostly be top ten.
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean I,
4: yeah, I mean that's kind of bold, but at the same time it's realistic too, you know?
1: Yeah, it's I'm I'm just I'm ready, man. It's like I, I wish they didn't take a weekend off. Let's go racing. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, let's get it. I'm with you on that. See, I bet they're glad they're
1: having a few. Yeah, oh, yeah. Now. They probably wish they had a couple weekends off, but there's
4: I'll be at I'll be that... Oak
1: Hill this weekend anyway, so. Yeah, well, there's a couple
4: of them that probably still haven't recovered from the after parties
1: in Vegas, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds that way. They
4: uh, uh, look like a few of them might have still been going the next day, but it's, um, you know, well, uh, that's good good on them. They earned it, so. Sure, yeah, it was a long season.
1: season. Take care have a little have a little relaxation, a little fun, a little party and then we'll get back to it in 2 weeks.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's always good when, you know, I hate the Supercross is over cuz I could honestly do Supercross year-round. I love it.
1: But right. you know,
4: on the on the uh the summer series the so great outdoors. Always, yeah. And uh, they would be—I uh, tell you what I saw today is that uh, what's his name, Moran, Henry Moran, that uh, the, the, the arena cross kid, the, the ride KTM's—it it was so good. The one that Blair, you know, had the uh, GoFundMe thing for. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. The Kevin uh,
4: Moran? Yeah, Moran. Yeah, not Henry. Well, I was thinking of Henry Miller, but Kevin Moran. Yeah. Dude, that kid—that kid said uh, posted that he was racing outdoors. I mean, I don't look for him to light it up too much out there on a privateer bike. I like seeing that kid out there. He's legit.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, I I'm just, ex- I, I love racing. It Doesn't really matter what kind. So I'm, I'm, I'm s- stoked. I'm with you on that, man. Well,
4: good on you. Hope you guys yep. had a good show. hate that I'm not there, but I'm having fun out here in the desert. There I guess. you
1: go. Yeah, we're about to wrap this thing up because we're at just over two hours tonight. So we're gonna, we're gonna call yeah. it a night and get this thing posted so people can listen.
2: Doc, how you feeling? How's your uh, arms? Uh, of course it's been better before, but I mean, we're getting there, I'm getting more movement in my, my arms, and my, I have movement in most of my hands, not full movement in my, uh, index finger or thumb yet, but we're getting there. Well, don't,
4: don't push it too fast. Yeah. But yeah, sounds like you'll heal quick, you're still young enough
2: to. Oh, definitely. Like, I'm trying to get more movement back in my wrist, of course. It's just, there's some swelling in my wrist, so it's, it's a little, a little hard.
4: Well, good deal, guys. Y'all have a a great night. I'm glad I got to talk to you, and uh, talk to you
1: later. All right, man, yeah. We'll we'll talk to you later. uh, Obviously, we'll have our group text going tomorrow and stuff. We'll talk about it, but I appreciate you answering, and uh, be careful out there, man.
4: Yes, sir. Y'all be good. All right, see ya. All right,
2: bye.
1: (laughs) All right, guys, so um, I felt like it was a pretty good show. How about you, Doc?
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm a little quiet, but... Pretty good.
1: (laughs) Well, I appreciate you sitting in with us, and uh, it would have been difficult doing this all by myself. So, appreciate you, and uh, we'll have to keep you on board (laughs) while while your dad and Mark are out of town. Maybe we get you in again. Um, Guys, so, yeah, um, visit all our sponsors when you can. Uh, You know, spend some money with these guys. They help us out, and it's important to us. Shock Socks, uh, All Sport Dynamics, Five Star Roofing of Texas, MX Girl Designs. Bad Jack Synthetics, um, yeah, man, they, they help us out. They help the show keep going. It's important to us that that you guys visit them, follow them on social media. Go to our Patreon page and contribute if you uh, feel the need. It, it it really helps us out. Um, we definitely want to get to more of the Nationals and the Supercrosses, and with your guys' help, we can make that happen. We get some more content. Got a few interviews I'm going to be trying to do that are going to be Patreon only. And I know Mark's got some things he's working on and uh, yeah, follow us on our social media because we've got some other giveaways. We've got Amazon one coming up in a few weeks. We have the, the grill that the barbecue grill that was made that we're going to be giving away. And I've got a fly F2 carbon helmet that creative colors is going to paint and we're going to do a giveaway on that. So um, keep up with us on all our social media And we appreciate you guys listening. Um, So for DJ TJ, Muscle Mark, Doc, myself, Darkside, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.